Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. I'm Chad Bokelman. And I'm Edgar Rios. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode of oh shit. Um, <laughs> one one oh seven. Seven. Yes. Yay! One oh seven. It's always great when people don't remember the number, right? <laughs> oh, we've done enough. <laughs> it's even better when you're like you're cursing like three seconds into the show. <laughs> this, this is why we have that explicit tag. Ah oh, yeah. Do we have an explicit tag? No, we don't. We should probably have an explicit tag. Oh. Nice. <laughs> nice. We probably should, but you know what? I like the idea of like you know kids listening to the Lantern Cast and be like, "Ha Like my parents don't realize that I'm listening to something explicit. They think it's cool. <laughs> well, just just imagine the popularity of the show because none of the other episodes have a tag of explicit on it. But the second they see that explicit tag on one of their episodes, one of our episodes, they're gonna be like, "Whoa, we really need to listen to this." <laughs> no, no, they're gonna be like, "Whoa." This is explicit. I can't listen to this. Whereas if we don't tell them that it's explicit, yeah, yeah, then we're yeah, because our listeners are prudes. Our listeners are total prudes. <laughs> they don't, they don't like hearing cursing at all. That's that's Chad at <laughs> See, I don't think that's true because a lot of the geeks, when you go to comic book stores, you hear them cursing. So, yeah. like Patton Oswalt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they didn't hear that story. Oh, they will. Um, so shall we start with New York Comic Con stuff? That happened? Cool. (laughs) Yeah. And 50% of the people recording tonight were there. Oh, you and Chad? And me. Chad Chad actually wasn't there, Edgar. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, because I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chad made it to Super Show, right? Yes. So. Yes, sir. That was the only time I'll ever be caught dead in a room with Jim Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I'm glad he's backed out a wild pig? Come on. You wish. Begging That's me fun. to go to wild pig. It's like, you have to go to wild pig! I have to get... I'm not mailing you these comics. You have to pick them up from me, damn it. <laughs> this rate, you're gonna get them at Super Show. <laughs> I, I believe that. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't disagree with that at all. That's par for the course for our show, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chad, I'm going to suggest you, if you haven't go to, like, a big convention, do not go to New York. Go to C2E2. You know what? There's a chance that uh, Jim Ford won't be there. I'll be there. Well, <laughs> there we go. Uh-oh. I should it's probably a, stop. I should probably stop insulting him until I get my signed copy of Key of Z. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't you mean my signed copy of Key of Z? <laughs> nice. Uh, hey, speaking of Key of Z, yeah. how the hell was New York Comic Con, everybody? You know, they actually had harmonicas labeled Key of Z that they were selling. I know, I already have one. Oh. Good for you. Did you. Do you have the mini one also? There's, no, I don't. The, oh. the cheap. A cheap one they were just handing out? No, 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 no. It's a tiny little mini harmonica that they were selling for $5. Chad, bust out the harmonica right now. Play us something. <laughs> a box on the other side of the room. Oh, oh, wah, wah, wah. I have excuses. I'm Chad Bokelman. Did you put it in a plastic bag and board so that it stays mint forever? 
<laughs> you know what they should do? They should make mini harmonica key of Z like thumb drives because it's like the right shape and everything. Just make it smaller. You want a harmonica to also be a thumb drive. Yes, and when you plug it in, I want it to play a continuous song until you take it out. That would be so irritating unless the song was amazing. No, it would better be like like something awful. Like <laughs> Friday or something. In harmonica. <laughs> See, uh, Jim, I don't think I got anything like big and exclusive from Comic-Con this year. It wasn't nothing really worth it. You know, the I think the big exclusives were uh, the stuff that Hasbro had, which... I think most of it you could have, you could find on HasbroToyShop.com afterwards, and uh, the DC Direct uh, graffiti designs exclusive of the Joker. Well, something funny I gotta say was that Hulk divided red and, and green. Yes, it was it was being sold for twenty dollars if you get the exclusive toy. Um, as I was walking around on Sunday uh, around the booths of Various people selling his stuff. Some guy, some random guy, was selling it for eighty bucks. Eighty. Right. Yeah. Were they still available? Well, I don't know. I know this guy had like a bunch that he was selling the whole, you know, whatever for eighty bucks. I was like, you kidding me? It was twenty. <laughs> it was actually only twelve. Oh, was it? Oh, look at that. Yeah, I, that that's like one of the few things that I did pick up. He couldn't even wait. EBay. No, I know, and that's what I was like. Are you kidding me? Eighty bucks for that figure? No. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to start a list for uh, Edgar. (laughs) A uh, a NYCC shit list. On top of it is Stan Lee, and now this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thanks, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Did you have to fight security this year too, or was were you pretty uh, under the radar? I was under the radar this time. Um, the only thing I got upset was the I made a line for an hour and 30 minutes for Jeff Johns and Jim Lee. And, you know, halfway through it, they say, oh, he's only signing two items. You kidding uh-huh. me? I was a little bit disappointed. But thanks to my connections, uh, the girlfriend of Dandy D is Puerto Rican. And uh, I, I'm going to say this in public, so I hope she doesn't listen to this. Um, I asked her to help me out and get more signatures, and I got all my variant covers of Jim Lee, uh, Justice League, uh, number one, signed by Jeff Johnson, Jim Lee, so I'm happy. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. For a minute there, I thought you had put, uh, Jeff Johns and Jim Lee on your new shit list, because (laughs) having the leader of Marvel on it is one thing, but then having the two leaders of DC, man, you're going after the big companies. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, no, they're nice, but the people controlling the whole convention and the signatures, they were just shitty, and it's just getting worse year by year. And I can tell New York, they're trying, because it's so crowded, the line started that early. It started, what, an hour and 20 minutes early for Jim Lee? And, um, and Jim Lee was 30 minutes late, so they only signed uh, 30 minutes. That's why they were doing only two comics. Which is understandable. Um, it's just annoying after you make a line for that much time. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's so, that's horrible that they show up like a half hour late. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> yeah. So it has was, every 
Sorry, Dan, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to know, was the, the Javits Center done with all of its uh, construction and stuff this year? It was better. To me, to my understanding, I felt that they had, like, three big rooms, and they were, like, you kind of just passed through them, and it was kind of nice. Um, if you got there Thursday, it was a really nice crowd. It was not crowded, crowded. It was good. Friday got a little more crowded, but not bad. Saturday got bad, and then Sunday, I will say, was the worst. But... Really? Wow, Sunday? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's it's kids' day. So, mm. you know, I just get crowded, crowded, and for you to walk. I walked in at 10 o'clock, um, and uh, I ran to Mark Brooks because he was doing free sketches. Um, and I stand in line for probably an hour more. And I got my green hour sketch from him, so I don't care, but <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> so, um, but he was pretty cool. And then I talked to Andrew, uh, Andrew? Cherry Park? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome the whole weekend. And that guy, I got to take my hat off because he was super awesome guy to talk to. And any sketch I wanted, he was like, oh, yeah, you want that? Okay. <laughs> he was an awesome dude. So, so has everyone here met Jeff Johns or Jim Lee the, besides me? Not That's me. In some, no. Because no. I was wondering if, if Jeff Johns or Jim Lee are like kind of like uh, – because I've heard horror stories of like you go to a convention and you think – you see these guys in interviews and they seem super nice. Like one example that comes comes to mind is Bruce Tim. I, uh, well, I hear I hear he's like an absolute dick when you're trying to talk to him. So I don't know if like Jeff Johns or Jim Lee have that not necessarily a jerk attitude, but that you know I can't be bothered to be here. Okay, sign it, get out of my way, kind of mentality. Um, for my experience, I have been in different cons already, and I have seen Jim Lee pretty much in all of them. Uh, most of the cons that I have been, he um because he's uh, one of the big faces of the uh, DC Comics, um, he's always busy. Um, I think that this year, Jeff Johns, his uh, his thing just went up to his head. Like, I don't know, I felt that last year he was more friendly, uh, more going to towards the fans. This year, I, don't, I didn't feel like that, to be honest with you. So, I mean, that's my opinion. I felt that all his power went to his head this year. <laughs> I, I've met Jeff Johns for approximately, like, I don't know, less than 10 seconds. And uh, he was very nice to me. Oh, he's a nice guy. I mean, he's nice to the fans. <clears throat> but I'm just saying, like, signing-wise, it was just kind of mm-hmm. like, eh. When I, I went to the panels this year in New York, um, there was no straight answers. The answers he was given, it was kind of like, I felt that, you know, just read the comics, which is true. Um, <laughs> but I was just feeling like, give us a little more. Um, in Green Lantern panel, I went to, uh, I asked him a question because I was like, okay, you have to tell me about this. And I went ahead and uh, questioned about the whole Brightest Day because I was like, you took us to Blackest Night, you took it to Brightest Day. I understand this is a new continuity. Um, so I understand that you're going to take things as slow in this arc and everything. But when are you going to show the White Lantern? And uh, he say around issue number three and number four, which I was like, okay, I'm happy with your answer. I'm just waiting now for the comic then. So 
that's pretty much what he told me. But other other answers, they were just like read the comic. <laughs> so I was just like, eh, I want more. <laughs> yeah. That's cool that you got an answer. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, for certain things, he was answering. Most of the people I felt that were asking the same question: When are we going to see this character? When are we going to see this character? You know, and they were saying pretty much, you know, we just start basically a new universe. So just give us time, which is understandable. You know, I just kind of sit down and say, okay, well, then show me what you're going to have. The things that they have stored for Green Lantern Corps and, and Emerald Water, uh, not Emerald Waters, um, new, new, Guardians. Uh, new Guardians, New Guardians. Um, I'm intrigued more with um, New Guardians. Because it's the whole a spectrum. Uh, so Tony Bernard seems like he has his head straight. He's just afraid <laughs> to play with the characters because of Jeff. Because he was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to play with the Indigo Tribe since Jeff. I'm sure he has plans, and he said that the Indigo Tribe is gonna have like a an arc coming up in Green Lantern. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I read something where um where. It might actually have been the transcript of the panel you're at, where uh, Bedard said that for some of his stories, he does have to kind of tiptoe around what Jeff Johns has planned. Yeah. So, which you know, I guess makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody ask Bedard if the rings are going to be interacting anymore? No. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I kind of just thought about it now, to be honest, was how the Violet gets a hold of uh, Kyle. Because I don't know if you guys seen the picture. Uh, there's one picture running around Kyle with all the rings on it, like with all the spectrum. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yes. Tyler yeah. Kirkman did it. Yeah. Um, I love his art. It's awesome. <laughs> um, so I just kind of forgot to ask that question. So my bad. <laughs> yeah, we're finally gonna get a male star sapphire, kinda. Look at that. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be the first, so... Paving the way. Well, there was Guy Gardner. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he... he and then be- he, before that was me, so... <laughs> so, I know, Peter Tomasi seems like he has a pretty good idea with uh, the new villains that's coming in Green Lantern Corps. And I think that's going to be kind of cool. So that's going to be really interesting to see how he plays these new villains that they're coming up in the Green Lantern Corps. He explained a little, not too much, but it seems like it's going to be interesting. And I am glad they're bringing in new villains because like so much, so much of what we've been reading for the last few years has been like different color rings fighting each other, you know. Just breathe some new life into this. And... Well, it's it's a uh, it's a new universe, and that's what they're trying to do. Just trying to like establish the the whole. That's what they're telling everybody. You know, we're trying to establish the whole DC universe now. Um, but the thing is that I that I kind of been discussing with my friends is like if you see Batman and you see Green Lantern, they haven't touched the characters too much. Yeah. They just left them how they are. Um, but Superman has like a new beginning. Uh, Wonder Woman, um, and then the question is: Does Flash and uh, Booster Gold remember the whole Flashpoint and the old universe? So they kind of didn't want to answer that. They say they do remember the experience, but they don't remember per se. 
So it's kind of like, oh, really? Then why are you doing this? <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, like, I can see Flash remembering things because of, like, he got to remember, like, the whole life with his mother. Yeah, so he, like, based on the, the end of Flashpoint 5, I think Barry remembers the Flashpoint world. Yeah. I don't think anybody remembers, like, the pre-Flashpoint world yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think, like, the universe that they're in is, like, it takes the place of the previous universe. So there's nothing for anybody to remember. And Booster yeah, like, Booster's memory has already synced up with the new universe. Yeah. It's like, it's like a Word document. You know, they saved over the file. So... <laughs> they just have the new version. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, while well, they say that they finished Booster Gold, um, and I was, this was in the Justice League panel. Um, or no, was it Justice League or it was another panel? I don't remember. Um, they were saying the way that they finished Booster Gold, if you remember, he was saying, I need a new uniform. And then you see in Buster, uh, in Justice League International. So there is never any, any indication that he forgot or that he has, I don't know, that he has just say, well, forget it, I'm going to continue and searching what's going on. Yeah, Booster's an interesting character because so, like, his entire solo series was built around the idea that, okay, he knows the bigger picture but kind of can't let anybody else know that he knows, so... I feel like they could play this either any way they want to with him. You know, they could come around later and say like, "Yeah, he remembers all this stuff, but he can't let that secret out," kind of thing, because it would jeopardize him and other people or whatever. Or, or they can just say like, "Yeah, whatever. This is who Booster is. Who cares?" Well, it's. Uh, I think it's a very interesting character too. I waiting. I'm waiting for him and actually Aquaman. Believe it or not, because knowing Jeff is writing Aquaman, you know it's going to be good. You know that there's something awesome that's going to come out. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like Flash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'm actually kind of like, okay, why you didn't keep writing Flash? Even though uh, Francis Manipal, I gotta say, if you guys didn't met Francis Manipal, one of the most amazing artists that I have ever met. I gotta say that. He was very friendly, signed all the copies, even did a little sketch in my uh, in the cardboard. I bought posters from him. He did a sketch in the poster. I mean, it was just very, very nice guy. Um, he His flash number one was good. I'm just kind of like, okay, where are you taking Barry now? So they show pictures of issue two and number three, I think, which is kind of nice to see that in the con. <laughs> I took pictures. I will be posting them in Facebook later. Yeah, I couldn't agree more about his art. Like, I want him to be drawing the Flash forever. It just looks so good. Yeah. Flash, it was very nice. And, um, what was something else I was writing? Oh, here's a question for the three of you. Who do you think will be the Wild Lantern? I think it'll be Kyle. Ah, okay. Dan? Uh, well, if one of every rings going to Kyle, it would make sense, but I don't know. I don't know who I'd want it to be. I know who you want it to be. Who do I want it to be? Mogo. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, I'm I'm kind of married to the idea of Mogo being a living son at the moment. Yeah. 
or just uh, coming back to life, or being a Black Lantern in the, in the uh, New Guardians book. Yeah. Well, do oh, you guys read Flashpoint? Yes. Oh. You think we're going to get Abin, sir? I don't know. That was the discussion that we were having at the con with one I was having with another guy. Oh. Oh, that. I mean, because if you read Abin Sor in Flashpoint, <laughs> it ends up him being the White Lantern. That's it. They don't say anything else. Okay. <laughs> but be interesting. How how would he? Yeah, I guess if he gets a white ring, that would bring him back to life. <laughs> oh, son of a gun. <laughs> or, or, or he was outside of the Earth's atmosphere when everything was reset. Well, something they were talking and they were playing with the ideas of, um, which, I mean, we don't know at this point who is going to be, to be honest. But they say some things a Flashpoint that were going to cross over to the new universe. Right. So... I don't know, that that idea of having Sword crossing over, it would have been a nice one. If if he's the White Lantern. It would be great if it was Larflees. Because there's only one white battery and one white ring, or maybe... All of existence is mine. Mine! It's like, it's like one existence, and I want it. Mine! Uh, shall well, we... Speaking... What? Yeah, speaking of panel news, yeah. go for it. <laughs> Dan, you want to do the rundown? Uh, I don't have it. Okay. Where is it? <laughs> I'm going to skip on down to the bullet points. Alrighty. Um, is this just Green Lantern stuff? Yes. Alright. Alright, let's see. This is... Well, actually, JK posted a bunch of these on our forum. <clears throat> uh, the things that jumped out to him were... Uh... Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Some riveting bullet points. This panel must have sucked, Edgar. I'm sorry for you. No, that's fine. I have my bullet points of the things I wanted to tell you guys. So, um, do you guys want? Uh, do you guys know uh, Green Lantern anima- animated series is coming November 11? Yes. Okay. And not wait for that. I, I know now. Well, oh, I I saw the first episode. <laughs> Uh, they had a premiere on Saturday morning. Awesome. That's all I'm going to say to you guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys see the, um, uh, they had that two minute clip up like a few days ago? Yes. Of like the first episode. Ah, oh, it looks so good. <laughs> yeah. What Bruce Team said that is that the first episode is coming on November 11th. But um, the series won't start until next year, so. Yeah, that's the same thing they did with Young Justice. They gave they gave us like the first two episodes back to back, and then waited six months and then started up the series. I don't oh, know why they do that. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does suck, but it's you're gonna be happy with the first episode. I mean, I we were the people were in the show. We it was very pleasant and. It's nice. It's they're bringing your your guy's favorite character, so Guy Gardner is gonna show up. Nice. Wait, so. Rotlop fan's gonna be there? Who? Rotlop fan <laughs> is gonna be there? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, damn you, Edgar. <laughs> God, just based on the clips I've seen, Zillius Zox has more speaking roles. 
than he has ever had in a page of a comic book. Yeah. Uh, he's such a great character. I am looking forward to being able to own a, an animated based figure of that character. Well, they have the, uh, the Action League figures. Yes. I like this one more. Oh. Yeah, I picked up the, uh, the Zillia Socks and the Kilowog Pack. They're, they're no, both. You were, what? You, you were kinda, kinda not too crazy about that last I heard. You know, I originally wasn't going to, but. I don't know. Like, I've been getting most of them. Most of the Lantern themed characters. So I'm like, you know, let me get it. And, like, I actually love it, because Kilowog is, like, huge compared yeah. to everybody else. So. <laughs> Love those figures. And oh, actually, from actually, the Elite figures? No, the, uh, the little plastic Action League. Oh, okay. Um, which they had some on display at the Mattel booth. They had uh, a Hal Jordan and a Larflees, and they both had, like, clear, like, you know, transparent constructs. Yeah, Larflees is shooting Glomulus out of his ring. Yes, he is. It's amazing. I'm never going to find this. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure that I buy all the ones in New Jersey, so you never will. You you can't find New Jersey. We're invisible to sonar. <laughs> Shut up. What? Hey, speaking of Larflees, here's something awesome. Uh, there's gonna be another Larflee special. No word on when, but uh, John's John's is apparently really looking forward to writing this thing. He has said that he wanted to put a. Uh, in Air Bunny's lockdown on this character because he didn't want anybody else to write him, but, you know, he's kind of tightening his grip for uh, New Guardians number four when he shows up into the mix of things. So what do you think of that, guys? Another Larfley special? Possibly Yay. Christmas? Possibly not? I hope it's not Christmas. So what I thought he was dead, Jeff, he was going to write it, but not soon, but he was not going to wait until Christmas next year. I thought he was going to be more like Maybe spring, maybe summer. Yeah. All I know is if we get two Larflees specials before we get that damn Rage Kitty Valentine special, I'm going to punch somebody. Wait, wait, did we even get the Rage Kitty versus Crypto fight? No. <laughs> God. <laughs> wait, did we did we get Rage Kitty versus Lobo's dog? <laughs> um, for a minute. Remember when Lobo was hunting Atrocitus? Barely. Yeah, the cat spit up on him, and he ran away. I think that was it. It was kind of a crappy uh, point in that issue. I mean, it's like they wanted to give Lobo a red ring, and then he did absolutely nothing with it. Well, he still has it, I think. Well, in the last universe, he did. Oh, shut up. Same universe. Whatever. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, speaking of that, well, not really. Somebody apparently asked, uh, where's where's Gnort? Where is he? And John said that uh, in the relaunch, he may be the only character that was relaunched out. <laughs> uh, people booed him for that. Yeah. Uh, See, that's what I was just saying. I mean, there were some questions that I was just like, okay, why don't you like say a little more? Like, Give us some kind of indication, something that we're going to get. I can see that everything that goes in that room, it just goes out at the second, Twittering, message, and everything. 
But I was just like, okay, you know, we spent all this money, we come this far, we we just we want you to tell us like something juicy, something that we can go back home and tell our friends and comic book friends and all these kind of people and you know. So I don't know, that's my opinion. I think they're great people, don't get me wrong. Don't oh, yeah. don't think I'm gonna put them on my uh blacklist or my black book or whatever. <laughs> They're they're no they're no Stan Lee. No. <laughs> they're not Stan Lee. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I mean, and I, it looks like from looks of this, uh, the other writers were better about it than uh, John's was because somebody here asked uh, asked how long how long has Kyle Rayner done his stint as the Torchbearer, which which is basically asking how long has Kyle been Green Lantern in general. Yeah, and Tony Bedard said it's been two years right so now let's let's talk about that for a minute so it's always time it's always been kind of kind of kind of fluid how long kyle's had the ring right but how do we feel about everything from emerald twilight to now being two years i mean i guess it 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 makes sense as far as in in order to fit everything in um, although that means that Green Lantern's only been Green Lantern, mm-hmm. Hal's only been Green Lantern for like three years. Yeah, three years beforehand, and then, well, no, he's been Green Lantern for more than three years, because the two years of Kyle's stint goes up to the present day. So, dur- sometime during that two years is when, like, Rebirth happened. No, the two years, the two years goes up into the point where the core was reborn. Because they said Torchbearer. Yeah, they still called him the Torchbearer when he was Ion, didn't they? Yeah, but for all you know that... Because didn't it say something about uh, Jeff Johns and them talking before they answered? I maybe didn't for, that. Yeah, maybe, maybe they did something about say. Well, they, he did say Torchbearer, so... Um, but oh. still, I mean, regardless, that that only leaves like roughly three years for Hal. I don't know. I think I think the time isn't that much of an issue, because I mean, like eight story arcs in a row could happen in the month of February. You know, it all depends on the story. Yeah, you know, the only thing, like, like the the battles, the fights, and all that stuff. I mean, that stuff can all be compressed. The thing where it kind of falls apart is the character development. You know, you like to think of these characters developing over a period of time to become who they are, as opposed to, like, Kyle going through all the changes and all the relationships, you know, he had to deal with the ion powers and, you know, losing the ion powers and restarting the battery and everything like that in the course of two years. I mean, that's a lot for any person to deal with in such a short amount of time. And likewise, for Hal to have done what he did and then be, you know, like die or become parallax and die and all that. And he was dead for two years. Hal's stint as Green Lantern is only slightly longer than the time that he's been dead. Well, we we still don't know how how much of the continuity that we know is still uh, in play right now. I mean, from all for all intents and purposes, it looks like it's all still in play, but we still don't we don't know that for sure. We're just assuming that, and um, 
Modern Myth Media had an interview with one of the creative teams on The Flash, not not Francis Manipal, the other guy. Uh, and they were talking, and what this this guy said is that DC flat out gave them a list of things that have happened in the Flash's past that they mm-hmm. could base their storylines around around. And there were certain things on that list and certain things not on that list. Uh, that list isn't allowed to be released to the public. They couldn't say anything about it, but they he was allowed to say that they were given a list. So we don't know what is still part of Green Lantern's continuity and what isn't. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they did that, too, and I hope they did that for every writer, because after the first crisis, it was a complete clusterfuck, because nobody knew what counted. <laughs> like, none of the writers or editors knew what counted anymore. Yeah, and, I mean, <laughs> when you deal with a character like Green Lantern, where you have, what, four people writing? four people are writing the Green Lantern mythos. So, I mean, you know, like, I think out of of all of them, Green Lantern has the best shot at being, you know, well thought out. But, I mean, like, you know, especially when you consider, you know, what right now there's almost no talk of the JSA. You have no idea, you know, where that stands. You have no idea where Jade stands. So I mean, you know, Kyle's entire time with Jade is now in question. I got news. Ooh. Okay. Um, JSA, it's coming. Um, they say uh, Dandy Dio say very, very clear that they're making an Earth two, where JSA it's going to be there. And the other announcement was Jim, uh, Jeff Johns is working with somebody else. I. Don't remember the, who is the artist, but they're working on bringing um, uh, Chasam. Yes, yes, it's uh, Gary Frank. Gary Frank. Oh. Uh, so they're, they're going to be on the end of, uh, they're going to be like mini series, like the last pages of the comic of Justice League after issue five, I think, I believe he said. So yeah. like, after every. You know, like, after you readjust it, like, there's going to be, like, a small, um, I don't know, how Chesam is coming back. Yeah, it's going to be, um, it's basically the, the co-feature backup story thing they tried, like, a year or two ago, or however long ago that was. Yeah, was, with the Atom. Yeah, I think this is the only, they might have announced one for another book, I don't remember, but I think it was just this one, and this is where they're going to reinvent and reintroduce... Uh, Captain Marvel characters and concept into the new New 52. Is it going to be like on a different universe or is it going to be in like the mainstream universe? I don't think they said. They haven't said that so I will take that it was it's going to be in the current universe because they didn't talk too much about having a multiverse they just talked Dandy Dio said, we're going to have Earth 2, you know, and that's pretty much what they just, they're saying. Um, saying that, um, they're doing these graphic novels like Superman Earth 1. Yes. Next year, um, uh, I believe Jeff Jung is working with uh, Gary Frank, too, or I think it's somebody else, to do Batman Earth 1. Yeah, I think I, I got Batman. pictures of that. <laughs> I got proof. 
you have evidence is finally coming out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think they said uh, Batman is supposed to come out. Um. Uh. Early, like, like first quarter of next year, and then Superman Volume Two is supposed to be like fall next year or something like that. Yeah. Which is sweet. It's a really sweet deal. That, I mean, but at the same time, are they making this new, like a new Earth? Are they mixing it up with the DC Universe? So, nobody kind of asked the question in that panel. That was Meet the Publishers, where they release all this new information. And I didn't get the chance to ask any question about it. So, sorry about that. Well, here's a piece of news for Jim. Yeah. Uh... A, ca- a person asked if they were planning on giving origin stories for the characters in the book. Uh, Jeff Jeff John says uh, the second arc in Green Lantern is called "The Secret of the Indigo Tribe." Yes, you'll find out who founded the Indigo Tribe, what they, uh, what do they want, and why. I uh, that's that's the piece of information that I am most anticipating. Yeah, if it's if it's not related to the Mother Mercy Mercy Plant at all. We're will having you, a party. Will you cry? <laughs> and how much will you cry? <laughs> now, wait a second. Wait a second. Edgar. Yes. When did you say that they were going to introduce the White Lantern? Around issue four. Three and four. Yeah. That's that's still the first story arc. Yeah, but that oh, would set God. it up Here nicely for, uh, uh, you know, the, the second arc. Well, also, also, issue three or four of which series? You could show up in Red Lanterns, for all you know. Well, that's true, but I mean... It could, it could, be, it could be New Guardians. <laughs> but if, uh, if Edgar's right, and it is Abin Sir, then him coming back as a White Lantern could also explain, you know, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, I started the Indigo Tribe. Well, there's big questions, because if you remember this Indigo One, she, all she always says when she's lucid, it's Abensur, Abensur, Abensur. Yeah. So the question is, what the hell is going on with Indigo Tribe or Indigo One and Abensur? Because that's the question. You know, what, what happened? What's going on? What we don't know. What piece of information have we missed in this whole, you know, last two, three years, if we have? Or what's what Jeff is has in a store for us to tell us, you know? Oh, this is it. I don't know. Didn't I start that idea on the uh, as in a thread a little while ago that that uh, Avin was uh, responsible uh, for Indigo? We were all talking about that because he says. I mean, I, I think the point I made was, you know, he talked to Atrocitus and and all this stuff, which I'm pretty sure the Guardians didn't want in the first place, and and all these things. So. If they if he was already going against the Guardians and then he was keeping these people as prisoners, uh, where we saw that in the flashback in uh, War of the Green Lanterns, when they already have a, a, a system in place for prisoners with the Green Lantern Corps, so those that was separate from the Guardians. Maybe he found or heard rumors about the Indigo Light and what it does to like wipe your mind and make you a force for good, so to speak, and he founded the Indigo Corps. Yeah, I, I still think it would be kick-ass if they just retconned Abinster into a villain. 
like, like he, like he's, he's Sinestro's best friend. He had to have known what Sinestro was doing on Korrigar, and you know he was cool with it because you know what he's he's brainwashing and mind wiping people, making an army out of them over here. Well, somebody asked actually kind of asked the question like, what's going on with Black Hand? You know, what's going on with the character itself? And uh, if he's going to be in the Indigo tribe with the whole this new continuity after Blackest Night, and they just kind of say, he, you will see him when the Indigo tri- you see the Indigo tribe. That was kind of like, okay. So that just kind of stay in the air, like, what's going on? And if they kill him, is he going to be back as the key for the Blackest Night? Maybe so. they'll make Black Hand the new White Lantern so he can... He's alive, but now he'll be super alive, so Black Knight can't happen again. <laughs> no, I don't want him to be the one hunter, I tell you that now. Oh, he's a nice guy. I mean I mean, sure, he he's attracted to dead people. Who's not? Come on, alright? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um I can't find it, but I know I've read it. Um some point in this story arc. Uh, Sinestro is going to teach Hal how to do something with the ring that no Green Lantern has ever been seen to do before. What do you think that could be? <laughs> um, not make a green jet with it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, nice. Where's Jim? Jim. Jim. Is Jim gone? Jim had to move. Oh. <laughs> okay, repeat the information for him. So no, he can... I heard everything. Okay. Well, maybe it's uh, maybe he's going to use the ring to resurrect somebody. Like happened, sir. Oh my god. <laughs> I I think it's it's going to be more to the to the point where he knows how to manipulate the ring and kind of not let the guardians control him so much. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, wait, yeah, like, maybe he's going to teach Hal how to power it w- with his own willpower. Yeah, because the, the Sinestro Corps does have to go through that little fear lodge thing to light their rings themselves. Right, right. That would be cool. <laughs> the fear lodge. <laughs> they called it that, shut up. Fear Super 8. What? So the oh, Motel Six, Fear Motel Six. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that Super Eight like a camera? Yes. But there's some kind of like Super something or other that's also a oh. motel. Oh, sure there is. Um, let's see. Apparently, Tomasi said that they're not going to be bringing Sodom Yad into the Green Lantern for any time in the near future. Um, uh, he admitted that they were planning a larger storyline with him that had to be cut short. <laughs> um, the, his exact phrasing, though, was, huh, sometimes you have to kill your baby. We just couldn't fit it in with the war. <laughs> um, so I guess it's in a refrigerator. Uh, so, uh, saying he hopes somewhere down the road to bring him back, but there are no plans in the foreseeable future, which, that kind of stinks. It's like, he's been, I keep saying, he's been writing that character 
all the time ever since the Sinestro War. So, it kind of sucks. He's not going to be able to continue with him. Well, you know, his name does have the word sodomy in it. Oh, it took them how long to notice? (laughs) (laughs) Just picture, like, Alan Moore creating him, going, like, (laughs) they'll never publish this. (laughs) (laughs) I truly believe that. I truly, truly believe that he put that in on purpose just to see what would fly. Hmm. I'm going to create a character named Sodomy. (laughs) (laughs) And they'll have to use him and base an entire storyline around him. I like the character, but yeah, it's... It's a a shame that they're doing that, what they're doing, but they say it a lot in the convention that they're trying to develop all the characters and see... Which ones are going to stick around, you know? Yeah. It'll be interesting that once that we see Aresia start to show up in stories, because, you know, kind of used to her not shutting up about Sodom. So <laughs> let's let's see if, like, if, like, she references him at all. Which... You know what I think? I think the second Sinestro leaves Hal Jordan's apartment, he's going to get another knock on the door. It's going to be Aresia. And he's going to be like, hey, little sister. And then... (laughs) (laughs) And then You take that where you will. (laughs) She's going to be like, if you want your ring back, you'll do everything I say. And she won't be wearing any pants either. She never wears pants. Exactly. (laughs) I feel like you must be horrible in social situations. (laughs) (laughs) You know it. <laughs> um, uh, somebody asked about chances of there being a new female Green Lantern from Earth for some reason, and Tomasi said that he's thinking about adding more female characters to the Green Lantern Corps, but uh, Tony Bedard noted that Earth is already filled with Green Lanterns at this point, and has this amazing line, uh, you can't swing a dead Dexter without hitting one. Foreshadowing? Somebody's gonna kill Dexter and swing him around. <laughs> yeah, t- they're gonna they're gonna retcon him into the uh, scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, <laughs> swinging oh. a de- swinging a cat against the wall. Oh. <laughs> oh, I've been in rare form tonight. It's okay for me to miss a couple. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple. Yeah, rare, <laughs> rare form. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, speaking uh, of rare form and being full of yourself, didn't uh, is Jeff John say something about his own writing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the the writing is uh, is pristine or perfect or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> what do you say? It's on your own post on the forum, dude. Really? Oh, I should, yeah, yeah. I should look at that. John on... said the writing is stellar in the new Green Lantern series, and that there will be a Laura Flea's episode. Oh. Oh, I get it. No, that's not him being full of himself. That's him foreshadowing that Green Lantern is going to be going into space very soon. Oh. Stellar. Ah, yeah, it does have air bunnies around it. Yeah. I think he's being a cocky (laughs) muffer. Just like Edgar said, he's he's getting a big head. (laughs) We should call him Jeff Hammond. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. What? 
Well, actually, because he has a big head. Something that they say, they say that uh, they ask him when is a uh, Orange Lantern is going to have his oath, and he for sure say that this coming year. So uh, yeah, this coming year. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I, th- I think I think that's a run-on joke at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like when he said that two years ago, a year ago, whatever. Well, he said it two years ago, and then he said it a year after that, and now he's saying it now. God, you know what? I people keep asking him that. You know what I would ask him if I ever went to a DC panel again? I would get up there. I would ask him, "Why do you not know what Gonzo looks like?" <laughs> Why does <laughs> Hal not know what Gonzo looks like? How does Hal confuse Gonzo with Uncle? De- uh, was it Uncle Deadly? Yes, Uncle Deadly. The most ominously named Muppet I've ever heard of. <laughs> Here's hoping he's in the new Muppets movie. <laughs> uh, hey, we have this new Muppet. It's for, like, our kids' show. What should we name it? Let's name it, like, Murderosaurus. <laughs> funny. Let's name it Steal You in the Night. <laughs> and his roommate, Ima. Ima Shank You. <laughs> God... I don't think there was any more Green Lantern news. <laughs> so was this con fun? Yes. Like Jim, you you had you took like a decidedly more laid back approach to the New York Comic Con this year. Oh God, yeah. No, I mean, for one thing, I I've been cutting back a lot on my buying uh, and my collecting, so there wasn't a whole lot that I was looking to go in and buy, and uh, you know, like. The panels are, are okay, but, I mean, considering the fact that as soon as I get home, I can go online and either, you know, read transcripts of the panels or watch videos of the panels, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to stand online to get into the panels for me. Um, which, I mean, you know, Edgar got to see the animated show you know, a couple of weeks before everybody else. So that's really cool. But, you know, again, I mean, I can't really be bothered to focus on when the panels are and and work that out. I don't even... Uh, Edgar, was that Saturday morning that they did that? Saturday morning, yeah. They had, uh, if I record it, was the animated series, Green Lantern, Bruce Tim was there, and he had a Q&A. And then uh, soon after that, it was the Justice League panel with uh, Jim Lee and Jeff Johns. Yeah, so I mean, I didn't, I wasn't even there at the con for when that panel uh, was was going. So uh, I went. I, you know, I was walking around, got to take in a lot of stuff. Um, one of the things that I love doing is going to like the small publisher area and seeing like what new things they've come up with. Because it's always, you know, well, almost always different than what the big companies are doing. There are, like, some people <laughs> where it's like, you know, wow, you you actually thought that what you have to sell is worth, you know, plunking down the money for a, a table at New York Comic Con. Because um, some people just, they don't have something good. And... You know, even if it is good, they are marketing themselves so poorly that they, you know, they're going to shoo more people away than than attract them. But I mean, for every you know, for every person like that, you also have 
you know, companies like... Uh, Evil Inc. Exactly. Which they were actually right next to DC, so they were nowhere near wow. the small publishers. Um, and in fact, by being next to DC, I I missed them a couple of times. It wasn't until like Saturday, like you know, late afternoon, that I'm like, okay, you know, I I just remembered I have to take care of this. You know, let me get over there, or let me find where the hell they are, so that I can get the comics I want. Because I like I passed right by them a couple of times and had no idea. They were, they were very unassuming as far as booths go. And not to mention being right next to DC. Like, Edgar, I mean, like, can you confirm, like, DC, the booth, was, like, constantly packed? It was always, always, always packed. And, in fact, I don't know if you heard, but um, Thursday, as soon as they opened, if you were to run to the DC booth, Jim Lee was there. How the hell and in the world we were supposed to know that? I mean, like, no one knew. Was he and they say Jim Lee was even doing his sketches, oh, God. like head sketches. I'm like, you know, I mean, like, the first thing I did when I went to the con, I went to the artist uh, alley. Yeah. Because I just want my sketches, and that's what, what I did. I went to Mark Brooks. It was not even the first hour, and he was full. He was like, dude, I can't. I, I can't I'm not taking commissions. So... Like, if I would have known that, of course, I would have run to Jim Lee, but I didn't know that. Um, Thursday was probably the easiest day, and um, see, my difference with you, I, I I guess last year I went through the, all the, the artists and the and DC, Marvel, whatever. This year I decided to do the panels, and I wish I didn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have done that the same as you, because um, I didn't get Scott Snyder at all, and I did want to meet him. I did want to like talk to him and is, gather his signatures and all that good stuff. And is Scott Snyder kinda, the guy that um, is he the son of D Snyder? I'm sorry. Is Scott Snyder the son of D Snyder? I don't know. Um. Oh man, I, you know, I wish I could remember what what else he writes besides Batman because I'm pretty sure Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. No, I mean like before the the relaunch. Oh, I don't know. Oh, he's he's writing. I I want to say American Vampire. Okay. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> then he he lives on Long Island and he actually makes regular appearances at. Uh, the, one of the comic book stores I hit up. Oh, really? So, I mean... Well, get him, get him on the Lantern cast to talk about Batman. Yeah, it's, that, that's not going to happen. But, I mean, if there's something that you want in particular signed, then I'll check and see, like, the next time that he's going to be there. All right. Yeah, because I had Greg Capullo. He, he, signed, uh, he signed my Batman copies. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I need now a Scott. You know, I was looking for a Scott Snyder, but, I mean, and that's the difference. You kind of just enjoy the convention more. Yeah. I was like, I want to know what's going on with the whole DC universe. Um, <laughs> so that's why I went to every panel I could. Yeah. Um, I avoid, like, the dark and the edge, and I don't know what else other panel I avoid. Um, I went to Green Lantern, Justice League. And uh, I didn't went to Superman and Batman panels, but I went to uh, 
Meet the Publishers and Just Young Justice. So and like you say, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, you need to go online like an hour before the panel starts, which is kind of annoying. Um, and that's what I was kind of recommend chat like go to C two E two. You know, you will enjoy that. And the reason why it's like panels, you can go like the panel starts in ten minutes. Okay, let me go. And you will go and sit down, you know? <laughs> that it's, and Jim won't be there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and that's okay. I'll be there. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> um, but they're talking. I mean, and the big talk is that, like, if you want to go and enjoy panels and stuff, C2E2 is what you want to do. Um, if you want to meet artists and all this kind of stuff, New York is going to become the place to meet, like, the artists and the writers and all these other side and and san diego i guess is just where the big news comes out you know like i don't know whatever is coming now for the next year so i mean you just kind of like choose very well where you want to go what do you want to do i i think new york has potential but it's becoming like every year is becoming more and more and more uh like san diego in the way for comic books, not for, like, entertainment. Because the good thing about New York is, like, like they were saying all over, there is not a Glee panel. There is not a Supernatural panel or, you know, whatever. Um, they had a Smallville panel uh, retelling the 10 years, but, you know, I was not going to, like, waste my time going there because I saw the series. <laughs> it's like, so, like so, an hour-long so, clip show. So Jim and Edgar, um, your each of you one favorite story from the con experience or whatever. Favorite story of the con. You want to go first, Jim? Um, <laughs> let's see. Buying your signed Key of Z issue, right, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm jealous. You got Keith. I didn't. I'm gonna go with. Uh... Okay, definitely, uh, talking to Daniel HDR. Um, you know, like... Who is? Huh? Who is, for those listening? Oh, for those who who don't realize, he was the uh, artist on the final three issues of Green Lantern Corps. Um, you know, I've got to touch base with him a little bit here and there on Facebook, but, uh, you know, I, I got to go to the con and uh, I, I got to meet him, and... You know, I got a sketchbook. Um, I got a sketch on the sketchbook. I got a sketch from him on my uh, Green Lantern Superman jam piece. Um, and, you know, I, that was the day that I went with my brother on Friday. And, like, you know, we were just, like, standing there, like, you know, chit-chatting. Like, we must have been there for, I don't know, half hour, an hour, or something like that. I have no idea because it was just, like, we were just talking. And... You know, it's like he's, right now he's like a fill-in artist. And I mean, like, he's he's showing me, like, his, his pencils. And he's telling me about, like, you know, how fast he had to do them to get them done. And I mean, like, when you see his pencil and you compare it to the finish, finished product, like, 61 and, like, the parts that he did in 63 were inked really well. 62 was not inked well. And I think that had to do, like, had to, uh, like, a ma major part of that played was the fact that 
there was such a rush to get the issues out that, you know, as fast as Daniel was able to pencil them, the inkers had to, you know, catch up even faster. And they were even also under, a, you know, a super strict timeline to get everything out before the new DCU hit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, his pencils are so, so tight that, like, and, and the speed that he's capable of, it, it's, like, ridiculous that he doesn't have a, like, a continuous gig. You know, when you have an artist like this that is so good and so quick, and, I mean, he has so much passion for drawing. You know, like, I, I was talking to him about how he adds all the Easter eggs, and he loves doing that because... It, it's like it adds like a whole new dimension of fun. Which, by the way, I talked to him about the uh, issue sixty-three, that last double-page spread, and like that that bug-looking guy right to the the, the side of uh, Tomar Ray. Do you remember? Yes. That's a Digimon. Huh. He used to draw, <laughs> yeah he used to draw a Digimon comic, so he put one of them in the comic. Um, Something with Dragon Ball Z, like the dragon was actually the dragon from Dragon Ball Z. Huh. Um, That's funny. Yeah, I, I mean, like, oh, the dog that was off uh, to the left of the page, that's his dog. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, you know, you talk to the guy, like, he's so nice, he's so friendly, he's got great stories. I mean, that that was definitely a highlight of the con for me, getting to, to talk to him. Hmm, that's cool. Um, I don't know, I, I, I guess, to me, it's like, it's always a highlight for me, because it's for me, it's meeting the artist, um, meeting Andrew, which is, you guys all know him, mm-hmm. uh, since he's sketch for you guys, um, it was kind of funny at first, because at first I asked him for a version of, um, My Favorite Heroes, which is, or like, the Teen Heroes, which is uh, Kid Flash, Superboy, and Red Robin. And he did them as lanterns, uh, as a blue lantern, uh, red lantern, and orange. Um, you will see it when I post the pictures. I saw that. Uh, and it was so much fun, but at the same time, as soon as I get the sketch on Friday morning, as I saw it, I was like, this picture looks really familiar, where I have seen this. <laughs> So I quickly went to Facebook and I was like, okay, I need to look for, you know, the guys, Jim, Jim and, and Dan and everybody. And as soon as I saw Jim's picture, I'm like, this is the dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't realize that that was the guy? No, no. Oh, so that oh. was just the funny thing that as I was walking with my friend, I'm like, he's like, what, what are you looking so confused? And I'm like, this just looks so familiar. Like, I have seen this kind of art before. Like, just, <laughs> dude, like, funny. And so, as I realized it, I went back to him. And I'm like, do you know Jim Ford? And he's like, yeah, he came and say hello. Do you know him? I'm like, yeah, I do know him. <laughs> <laughs> so, at that point, I realized who he was. And I just talked to him. And he was just super friendly. And, 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 Meeting all these kind of guys is always a highlight for me because I'm aspiring to be an artist. Uh, I'm going to school for graphic design to to do that, to, you know, do this for life. I just got inspired the first year I went. So it's always nice to meet 
all these kind of guys. And the technique that Andrew has is amazing. But going all over and getting people ask, hey, can you do a Green Lantern, Green Arrow? You know, it's always like, really? <laughs> it's always funny to, like, when they don't want to do it, but when they do it, it's just the satisfaction is always awesome. <laughs> I'll give you know what? You make it happen. <laughs> yeah. But, but between Edgar and Jason, I think Charapar can retire. <laughs> 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 so, I, I tell you what, I mean, it's it's a, it's a fun thing to do. I love conventions, and I, especially the big ones. Um, but I ha- I'm learning more. It's like Jim, it's like, I'm measuring my money this time. I didn't spend as much as I thought I was going to, and it's 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 a very nice reward when you come home and you see all the posters and um, sketches and you're like, wow, look what I got. Because I sent Jim my picture. You saw it before anybody, right? The uh, the Green Arrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that came out. Like you you showed me that picture and it's like I know exactly what this is. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because he was like, oh, I want to draw a hat. And I'm like, and I could, I didn't have a picture on my phone or in my iPad. And I was like, I do not have it. And he's like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Because um, he wanted to draw me a, like the Green Arrow hat. So, but everything worked out. And, you know, so I just, that was like my highlight probably. Andrew doing me as a Green Arrow. So. <laughs> oh, man. That, that yeah, that was too funny. Yeah, and your story about that whole the whole situation is hysterical. Oh, I know. I, I thought you would have a kick out of it because I just as soon as I realized, my friend was like, "Oh, your friend from last year," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> so yeah, it was. You go up to Andrew Charpart. Do you know Jim Ford? No, I hate that guy. Where is he? <laughs> uh... Oh, you're friends with that guy? <laughs> to hell with you. You're not getting a sketch. Take your I'm, money and leave. I'm charging you triple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd like the Jim Ford special rate. Why would you want to pay three times as much? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. You know, I was just looking up the numbers that this convention did, and this, you know, if you want, if you want a clear sign that it's successful, it is growing every year. So just to put this in perspective, in 2006, which I think was the first one, they had about 33,000 attendees. <laughs> 2007, 49,000. 2008, 60,000. 2009, 77,000. Last year, 2010, 96,000. And this year was 105,000. And they sold out of tickets. Imagine once the renovation is completely done and they have that much more space to fit people. Yeah, yeah, really. And yeah, like you were you're saying, uh, the res- renovations definitely are not done because they still had that giant area between the two rooms. The fake corridors you had to go yeah, through? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but there's also, there was a basement area. There was definitely like a lower section dealer room that uh, they had not utilized also this time. So there is still room to uh, for them to grow. 
which they move uh, the whole Japanese animation festival, whatever, to upstairs. And um, oh, it was kind of nicer because it kind of just give them a little bit of more rooms to just like, okay, go upstairs if you're into the anime. And, <laughs> you're relegated to up there. Get out of here. Yeah, she was kind of just nice because then you could go to the basement and you can say, well, I want to go to this panel. Where did I go? And they kind of just kind of tell you better, like, oh, you go here and you go there. I felt that this year that was a little bit uh, better organized. I mean, in a way that they knew where to send you. Because last year, there was just nobody knew anything. Oh, God, that's, that sucked so yeah. bad last year. Yeah, and that was what threw me off. It's just like the whole ordeal, nobody knows anything. They just tell you stand here and kick people out, or don't let people in. Um, it, it was just a big mess. Um, this year was a little more organized, especially for VIPs, too. Um I still don't think that VIP is worth it unless you're like me, you're not from town, and you want to save things, and, you know, you just want to leave them in the VIP room, and that's all it's worth it, you know. Oh, you did do the VIP again this year? I did, um, which I just saw that upstairs, like in the regular uh, level, now they're having, like, an area where you just, you can go and say, well, it's like a coat area, and you can pay the people for the coat. Um, next year, now that I know that's in there, I might debate with the idea, do I want to pay VIP or do I want to do that? Because later you can just save your stuff, you know? Hmm. So, that was the only reason why I got VIP, and it was a little better organized. I got there, like, ten minutes before everybody else, so I ran to, you know, the artist on Saturday and, no, Sunday, the last day, so... So that was that's the only thing about the con that I really think that they should just um, get it worked out better. Because I mean, I just made a young kid who just have a pro a pro badge, and he said, oh, "I paid twenty five dollars for this." I'm like, "What? Oh. <laughs> I want to kill you!" <laughs> what happened? Some young kid. He had a pro. Like, basically, those pro badges, they say pro. Um, later, it's like, it can be like, you're an artist or you work in a booth, you know. So they let you go in before anybody else. Oh, it's like, hmm. better than than hmm. if you're the press. Huh. So, yeah. There's there's little things and, and nicks that you need to learn about the cons once you start going to the big ones. That I'm I'm starting to learn. <laughs> so, what you call it? Like, uh, like my big thing is like someday I'd love to get an Adam Hughes sketch. Um, but his like his line, you know, the, to get on his list, he at the beginning of the convention takes a list of you know however many people are online, and uh, you know eventually there's a cutoff, so you know, maybe he'll take down 50 names and then he'll just randomly select from that list, you know, who he's actually going to do a sketch for. Now, you know, it helps if you request something interesting that he'll actually want to, you know, draw, but the whole thing comes down to being there, 
you know, in that first 50 of names that he takes down. And what was, uh, like, I think it was last year, like, that's where I went first. Like, I, as soon as the con opened, like, I ran to, to his table and there was already a line of, like, 50 people there. Now, okay, some of those people are VIPs, but, you know, I really doubt that everybody with a VIP is going straight for Adam Hughes. I mean, like, I think it would be hysterical if that was definitely the case, but I'm, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sh- sure that you know all those VIPs are probably going other places too. So, you know, you have to figure that some of those people are, you know, have the pro badge or a dealer badge or a press badge or something that's allowing them, you know, early entry, as opposed to people that pay like you know regular price or VIP price. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, like, last year it happened to me with Ivan Reyes, and this year it was the same. I mean, by the time I got around Ivan, I just said, you know, hey, are you taking any commissions? No, I'm full for the whole weekend. This was Thursday, preview night, before everybody else. This was not even, it was not even 6 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, are you serious? They didn't even open yet, and he's already full. (laughs) Yeah, and I was just like, dude, come on, you know? He He was there this weekend? He was there very shortly. He wasn't there the whole time in the table. Uh, so I, I had yeah. heard that he canceled. Well, he, I, I, he was there. Huh. It was like, um, who else was there supposedly, or he canceled? Doug Mankey? They had him around, apparently. Huh. I don't know if they canceled him or not, but he was around. <laughs> he, was in one, he was in one of the um, um, DC signings. He didn't have a table. Yeah. That that much I knew because I saw him his name on one of the DC signing booths, um, but I never got around him. So maybe I, maybe uh, he's so far backed up with uh, you know meeting his deadline. <laughs> they're like, sorry, you can't be at the con. You're gonna come for two hours. You're gonna sign at this this booth, and then you're going back home to draw. Where like, where Doug lives? Did he lives in New York? Uh, actually, I don't think so. Then maybe he wasn't there then. Like draw monkey. That's monkey. Draw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I is I think he's from like either the Midwest or you know the western part of the country. Him and uh, Gleason, Pat Gleason. They're well, uh, they share a studio. Yeah, exactly. Jason knows. Jason knows that they share a studio. He knows where they are. Like, all the time? <laughs> yeah, he's tracking them. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> J- Jason put a spider tracer on each of them? Uh, actually, it's it's the same bat tracer that you see in that Christmas Carol Batman preview at the back of all the comics. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. This isn't replacing our Subway ad comics, is it? Well, yeah, it's the preview for Batman: A Christmas Carol. No, I want my Subway comic. Yeah, sorry, we're we're gonna cover those on the show. Someone on the forum demanded it. Nobody it may have really been demanded it. May have been Chad. I don't know. <laughs> Is Chad Stop bribing our listeners, Dan. Never. <laughs> uh, now, Jim, do you saw the Blees? The girl who was dressed as Blees. Yes, yeah, I did see her. 
Oh, so. yeah, let's talk about the, the cosplay for a second here. <laughs> <laughs> Did everybody see the Rage Kitty I put on our Facebook page? Oh, God. Yep. Yeah. It's like... It's like... Terrible. <laughs> it, first of all, I applaud them for going all the way with it. Secondly... I don't know. It's like they took my favorite thing and made it into a furry. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, was, how were the costumes this year, in general? I thought some of them there were cool, some of them there were kind of cheap. Um, now, this year there weren't many people dressed as last year. That's how I felt. I think Saturday there were a lot more people dressed up. You think so? Yeah, because uh, on Friday... I definitely agree that Friday was kind of slim as far as uh, costumes go. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Saturday there were tons. And I, especially, like, in the anime section. And, like, in the, in the anime section, it's like one in five people was in a costume or something like that. Well, that's just how they dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did, pretty much. Did either of y'all see Deemer in his Loki costume? No. Yeah, there was, a, there was a Loki. There was a Loki as a girl, and she she looked funny. I mean, I gotta say, I didn't take a picture of it, but... That was him. Actually, I got a picture of the Loki... It was Loki and somebody else. Let me see. Got my pictures. There were a lot of Harley Quinns. Oh, God, yes. They were too many. Um, <laughs> and actually, there was one, like as I was walking in on Saturday, who, she was like, she had like a completely different take on Harley Quinn, um, which I thought was actually really cute, because it was very different. Um, so I did get a picture of that one. What it's, was it? Well, it's, it's just like a regular costume. It's, it's more like a Harley Quinn, you know, as interpreted in like, um, like a dress outfit. Like formal wear. It's something like you would wear to like. Uh, uh, well, I mean, if it was if it was all black, you'd wear it to like a cocktail party or something like that. Hmm. And then she had like the jester hat and a mask. Um, nice. It's just it's nice. It was nice. It was very. It was refreshing compared to all the people that had just like a regular generic um, Harley Quinn costume. Uh, I remember last year when we made, finally made the Burger King. We were just standing in line, just turned... I just turned around, there's, like, like a completely accurate Harley Quinn sitting there eating a burger. I'm like, <laughs> like this is weird. Yeah. This has probably happened on any other day in New York, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, the female Loki was uh, with her friend, uh, a, a female en enchantress. I saw pictures of, like, this awesome steampunk Iron Man. I don't think I saw that. Um... There was uh, a couple of girls dressed up in various types of Fifth Element costumes. Ah, uh, yeah. Those were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you didn't see Damer in his Loki costume? Did you guys see anybody from CGS at all? I stopped by the table and I saw Pants and uh, Murd. Um, and actually, I asked them about Super Show. But what uh, they say? Well, I mean, I don't want to give out their their tentative dates because they haven't announced it yet. Alright. Okay. So, but as soon as they book, they'll announce it. <laughs> I need that show! 
Yeah, I know. I needed to know. Oh, uh, Jim, do you saw the guy dressing as Venom? He was pretty cool. Uh, I saw somebody dressed as Carnage. <laughs> no, there was someone dressed as the new Venom, and I thought that costume was kind of silly, but it was good. Oh, like the Black Ops kind of Venom? Yeah, that's, that's the Venom I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, that's a, that, I can see that being a cool costume to make. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think I saw that. Was anybody running around as the uh, the Action Comics Superman with, like, the T-shirt and jeans and the cape? Yeah, there was a, a guy or two dressing. Uh, yeah, there was, I think I saw, like, two or three guys dressing as the 52 Action Comics Superman, yeah. What are you sending me, Jim? Oh, it's a virus. Oh. Just kidding. Or am I? So, we've been recording for an hour and a half now. Should we probably switch over to... <laughs> yeah. Are we done with the New York Comic Con? Well, how long will the other thing be, Chad? Uh, 30 minutes or less. <laughs> Maybe we should push it off again. No, oh my no, god. no, no, no. We're doing this tonight. Oh, god. <laughs> uh, okay, well... In that case, uh, Edgar. Yes. We're going to bid you adieu. Yep, that's fine, my friend. Thank you for coming on, and uh, it's it's always nice to have you know more than one opinion on New York Comic Con, and you always have some pretty good stories to tell. I know. You guys are gonna <laughs> put me as the guy who hates the cons, you know? I'm like, <laughs> Listen, I don't. You gotta have a claim to fame. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what we should do. We should uh, have a cover mashup. You know that uh, cover where uh, Green Lantern and Sinestro are charging up from the same battery, but they look like they're in a fighting pose, staring each other down. And yes. we, yes, we, we need to have Edgar and Jason in the same pose. One who loves the cons, one who hates the cons. <laughs> <laughs> or like, no, no, it should be Edgar on one side and Stan Lee on the other. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, Edgar, why don't you point people towards your blog so they can read about your, your stuff and things? Yeah, um, hopefully Quivercast is coming up soon. I'm trying to record the first episode, basically, with the first three issues. I'm going to wait until the next issue comes out, and then I'm just going to try to make a podcast about it and see how it goes, and... Hopefully you guys listen to it, and I have you around as a guest, and all that good stuff. Nice. Not at all. Oh. <laughs> Not at all. Thanks. I'm actually, actually kind of, because they just announced they're changing the creative team on Green Arrow, so I'm kind of interested to check it she out. She was there, and I got to talk to JT, and oh. so he just, I think he's ready to leave the book. Yeah. He didn't seem too enthusiastic with, like... Keeping writing Green Arrow, I think is the feedback hasn't been good or something. So, hey, I'm just I, that's okay. I'm waiting for a. I'm happy with Dan Jurgens drawing it and George Perez as inking. So, yeah. so I know, I just, like, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, I know Keith Giffen is gonna write a few issues at like five or something, and then the new regular writer is coming on. <coughs> I can't remember her name. Yeah, she starts at issue eight, I think, or seven. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I can't wait. I, I still love the art. I think it's awesome. Um, I'm very happy with what they have done with the character itself. I just hope they 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 give the character more meaning to the whole DC universe. So, well, we'll be sure to pimp your show when it starts coming out. Yeah. Cool. Then thank you, Chad. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, James. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me over. No problem, man. We'll, uh, have a good night. We'll talk to you, Edgar. Okay. You guys have a good night. Take care. Bye. Bye. I like to think he thanked the other James and not... Yeah, me too. I was thinking that too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've had episodes where we've been dogging Dan or dogging me. This is the dogging James Jim episode. You leave James (laughs) out of this. (laughs) Oh, please. I am undoggable. Wow. So, Chad, what do you got for us? Yeah. Wow us. (laughs) Months coming. Well, well, just 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 a quick heads up. Well, you know what? I'll do this later uh, when we get to that that feedback from that listener. Um, all right. <laughs> hey, Landon Cast family. I'm Chad Bulkelman, and welcome to the eighth installment, second live of the Larflees Report. Uh, now, I told you that I would no longer read the solicits for the main four Lantern books, but Red Lantern seems to be attempting a tried and true effort to keep re- readers interested. A backup story anthology. Pick, uh, pick up issue four for the, uh, quote, tragic tales of Scalix, Zilius Zox, and Ratchet. Dan, sound off on that one? Yep. No, that's the one. That's the issue I'm looking forward to. Freaking Zilius Zox. <laughs> Give me more of that. He's kind of like a pumpkin with legs. I just love him. <laughs> yeah, apparently they're delving into the backstories of these characters. So, wow. Can't wait for that. Uh, more, <laughs> more, 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 uh, like, putting off the actual storyline, if there even is one there at this point. <laughs> Green Lantern, the animated series number zero. What happens when Hal and Kilowog find a power ring abandoned in space? Is its bearer dead, or is it some something more sinister? Keep in mind this series is most likely geared towards kids, but it still could be something good. You never know. Hey, there both, have, you better, there, both of you better ahead. get this, because I'm adding it to our docket. Oh, God. You know, I was just going to ask, are we reviewing this? I Hey, I pre-ordered it. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, just a heads up, I've bought kids' books before, like comics, and that Thor, the Mighty Avenger, like, eight-issue series that Marvel put out a while back, that was really good. Mm-hmm. So that there are kids' kids comics out there that have good potential. I'm not saying this was one of them, but it could be. <laughs> okay. Uh, the only other trade to mention... Is the DC Universe by Alan Moore hardcover. This $30, 304-page piece of comic history collects tons of stories, including all of Alan's Superman and Batman story, and includes our favorite Tales of the Green Lantern Corps, annual number two and three. Are you getting it? Because you damn well better. No. Yes, this this includes, uh, I believe, the original uh, Mogo story and the Rotlop fan story, right? Yep. And you know, probably tigers. Who knows? <laughs> you know, I was uh, I was going through some some comics that I had in a, like a pile. Uh, I guess stuff that I picked up at Super Show, and I literally had like a bag of comics that I I guess I picked up at like a fifty cent bin that I have not gone through since Super Show. 
<laughs> and I'm going through, and I'm like, oh, wow, look what I picked up. Oh, cool, that fills a hole in my collection. Oh, that fills <laughs> another hole. And uh, I think I'm down to, like, missing one issue of Mosaic to have the full series, the, the final issue. Oh, yeah, I got to do that. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm just now catching up with Larfley's report, so hey, the next thing we expect from you is uh, Mosaic. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's coming. One of the things that I was able to get from the 50 Cent bins, from I guess it was Wild Pig at the uh, Super Show, was the final issue of Superman that Alan Moore did. Oh. In a wow. 50 Cent bin. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to reading this, because I've never even read, like, The Killing Joke or anything, so... Wasn't that by Alan Moore? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, and it, all of his Superman and Batman stories are in here, so I finally get to read The Killing Joke. Yeah, they've got, uh, for the man who has everything, they've got so much good, so much stuff in there. <laughs> Other uh, mo- ones. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Toys and Figures. Uh, Eagle Moss Publications, for the God knows how long, Dan and I will both tout it. Oh, and Jim, too. Um have been putting out the lead figures, um, all kinds of Lantern-related, and the next two, and the last two, it looks like, are Lysa Drac, uh, complete, uh, Sinestro core Lysa Drac, with, uh, with the, the Book of Fear and everything, like, swirling around her, and an Aresia statue. Uh, I've looked at the next two previews issues that these, after these two were solicited, and there's no more Lantern-related ones being solicited in the m- most recent two issues of previews. So I think that is it for the lead figures, uh, Green Lantern-related items. Yeah. What are the Which ones uh, uh, solicited in the latest previews? I just said Lysodrak and Aresia. No, I meant in the one past that. Oh, um, I don't know. It's uh, I-, I know one of them, because I've placed the order already, is Phantom Stranger, because I'm a Phantom Stranger <laughs> fan, and it's hard to find anything with him in it anymore. So You know what? Chad, you should start a podcast and call it Fandom Stranger. I was just thinking something like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Green Lantern, the animated series, Hal Jordan Maquette. <laughs> no, 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 is... you're, starting, you're starting a Fandom Stranger podcast, damn it. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, let's, uh, do, you, do you guys want to talk about the lead figures? I mean, because I mean, I've been touting them for a while, but you two have just started collecting a little bit of your own, so you yes. tell them. I love I'm not stuff. lying here. These are good things. They're, these are great. They're like, how tall are they? Like, the typical one is like two inches tall or something. Uh, I would say three. Three yeah. inches tall, except for like Kilowog and and Necron, Necron, which is like like five inches tall or whatever. They're really they're really well sculpted. They're well painted. There's a lot of detail, especially if you get a figure that's like Atrocitus or Black Hand or Deathstorm. Deathstorm showed up the other day, by the way. It's awesome. <laughs> if they're yep. supposed to look like a freakish monster or something, it just looks so much better. Because, like, there's always there's that fear that, okay, the like, it might not look enough like the character kind of thing, especially in the face. But with, like, like Larflees looks fantastic because he's supposed to look so ugly and weird. It's like, oh. And that's not the only... that that's the only way that can happen because like Saint Walker looks great and his face is very plain and clean but like you look at it from like a foot away and you will because they're so small and it, any imperfections aren't even noticeable. 
And and the only complaint I will give the the series thus far, because so far I have every single lantern related lead figure, is Blee's when she comes in a, her package, her little bone wings are all cut, smushed together, and that's how they painted her. So when you try and spread her wings apart, the paint cracks right there. But because, like Dan said, you're looking at these things from far away, you're not going to notice. No one's going to notice the paint cracks on my Blee's unless they're right up on the collection. Yeah. Oh, and shit. I'm, I'm really hemming and hawing over whether or not to get Lizard Drax, because I don't know. It's it's one of those where the picture doesn't really make the figure look that good. But I love but, like she she has the book of parallel, and I love when they give these characters accessories like the batteries and stuff because it, it's so cool. Like it, it's not just a statue; it's a statue interacting with something else. You know? Yeah, but but you you remember complaining, giving the same complaint to a lot of these figures, and how 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 bad have all of them come out as a single one looks terrible yeah yeah but as a group it's like and i mean it's, it's also a question of like the picture quality because maybe the picture is a little fuzzy and also any picture you see is going to be like like twice the size of the actual figure so it's like it's all right it's not going to look like that now jim which ones do you have yeah no i have hal jordan thanks to you I have John Stewart and I have uh, Guy Gardner. What about Kyle and Kilowog? Uh, Kilowog. Or Alan. Well, yeah, I, I want Alan. Alan, I think, I really want to be the next one that I get. Um, but I have not found him anywhere. I didn't even see him at the con. I actually, that was one of the few things that I was actually, like, actively looking for. Um, and nobody had it. You know, none of the tables that I went to had it. Uh, the ones that I, the tables that I did go to, there was one table that was selling them for eight dollars a piece, but they were selling them without the book. So oh, you know, it's I don't like care about the book. I would have loved that table. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, you could save money, but they didn't have anybody that I actually really wanted. Um, not even at eight dollars. And then I, I went to another table that had a much larger, you know, uh, display, but they were selling them for like twenty five dollars a piece. Like, yeah. no matter which piece it was. So, I mean, like, I definitely want to get Alan Scott, but, uh, and the Kyle Rayner, I'm not, I don't love it. I, I honestly, I, I don't love it. It looks so generic compared to the other ones. I, Guy Gardner is definitely my favorite. Um, Have you seen Kyle in person or just in pictures? Oh, yeah, in person, yeah. Because my, okay. my comic shop has Kyle. Um, but once <laughs> I get Alan, then I'll definitely get Kyle. It's just, you know, like, I don't feel the need to own Kyle until I have, you know, all the rest. Hmm. Um, and those, seen Al, have you seen Kilowog in person? Yeah. He's really cool, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's definitely cool. All of them are great. I mean, if I was going to collect more, I, I really like the Carol uh, Star Sapphire. Oh. I, I love the Sinestro. I mean, that one's like, what, near impossible to find now? Which Sinestro? Yeah. Oh, well, yellow, yellow. Yes. Sinestro. I have I have had the yellow Sinestro on pre-order for like like six months, and it arrived yesterday. <laughs> Did they? It's pretty. So... It's pretty freaking sick. I I have it. They yeah, put out it's... a new one. No, maybe I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, if you've had it on pre-order. Yeah, like like the the online store I've been using was out of stock, and you could like 
oh. pre-order it through them kind of thing. I and they just bad got Toy Store? Killed. Yeah. Yeah, and I... Like, are you... Where do you guys get yours? Because I don't have... Like, like the closest comic shops around here don't carry these. And I spent... I just sat down one night, and I just comparison shopped online for, like, like an hour. And Big Bad Toy Store ended up being, like, like the best value that I could find for these things. Well, I, I get mine through my LCS, and I really am glad I do. Because they if they don't order... Because they usually order, like, two of each one. Which gives me the choice to look at it. Because these things are hand-painted, I can yeah. look at it and choose which one that looks better and buy that one. Or if they if they don't have two, I can look at it, and if I don't like the one I have, they'll automatically, no problem, they'll see the problem I'm talking about, agree with me, and reorder, and reorder it for me. Nice. Um, let's see. I got... I think I got Guy Gardner at... Uh, my local comic shop, um, and you know, I paid the you know whatever the full price is on that one. Actually, I got it on the sale day, so it was twenty percent off. And then the nice. other one, I went to another comic book shop that Dan, I think you would like because they also sell it the magazine separately. <laughs> so I got John Stewart for eight dollars. Yeah, I, mean, I have nothing against the magazine, but it's like it's. It's like incredibly secondary to my perch, the reasoning for my purchase. You know, it's like I just want the figure. I'm sure I'll what, get around to looking at the magazines eventually. Apparently, and, and we're gonna get off the subject, I promise. But the really cool thing about collecting these things—they're high detail, they're awesome, but they're also small. So if you were to have each of the action figures or each of the busts of every one of these characters, you could fill an entire. Uh, glass display case. I've got all mine on the same shelf, and room for everything else. Yes. So. Yes. Right. And right now, just because everybody else did it, my collection, which very appropriately started with Larflees. Thank you, Dave Williams. Uh, is Larflees, White Lantern, Sinestro, Indigo One, Saint Walker, Kyle Rayner, Kilowog, Hal Jordan as Parallax. Yellow Lantern Sinestro, uh, John Stewart, Deathstorm, and Atrocitus. <laughs> that... You didn't get Carol. No, I am skipping Carol. I think hers. First of all, I don't want that stupid costume immortalized in solid lead in my home forever. And secondly, this was one of those where like, like the pictures made it look kind of not great. I wish to God. That the parallax had been like from like Emerald Twilight, but still that parallax, even even so, is still one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree yeah. that I wish that it was uh, the one from Emerald Twilight. Aww. Oh, the, the mouth uh, on it looks so weird. What? The mouth. Well, he's like he was all like demony in Blackest Night. Ugh, yeah, but that's our point. We don't like that. Yeah. Oh, I I am fine with demony looking parallax. It's fine. Uh, and it's fine. Just a heads up. Uh, according to Big Bad Toy Store, yellow lead Sinestro is apparently still in stock. Nice. Um, moving on. Green Lantern the animated series, Hal Jordan and Atrocitus maquettes. Each of them are one hundred and twenty five dollars from the uh, Bruce Tam three D animated new series coming out. Um, the Hal Jordan one stands twelve inches tall. 
And the uh, Atrocitus stands eight and a quarter inches tall, eight inches wide, and six inches deep. Uh, uh, and the Atrocitus, it would be a nice conversation piece, you know, if, if you like the way he looks in the animated series. <laughs> now, now, just because you said in there that Hal is taller than Atrocitus, right? Yes. Yeah, and if anybody's scratching their head on that, I think it's because Hal is actually... He's in flight, so he's kind of standing on a base of green energy. But yeah, so he's standing on like a, a green energy base that elevates him a little bit. So the scale of the two should still be fine. Yeah. Uh, how much did you say these are, Chad, each? $125 a piece. Interesting. <laughs> There's, um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but they have uh, announced the third in this series at New York Comic Con. Yes. It's one that... I really like the look of, and I'm I'm going to basically base my decision on how how much DCPS discounts it. Uh, it is. Do you want to say who it is? Me. I don't care. Fuck it. It's Saint Walker. <laughs> Saint, Saint Walker's gonna be in the show, and he actually looks really good in his in animated series design form. You know, I think Hal looks kind of weird as a, this mech head, and. Uh, Everything about Trossus looks fine, but his face. But St. Walker looks like he's surviving the transition really well. So, <laughs> what you call it? I, I since I, I saw the, the maquettes in New York Comic Con, uh, the Atrocitus looks abysmal. Is, is it just his face though, or is it the whole thing? I mean, like the face is the main part. The face looks probably more like Larfleys than it does Atrocitus. Mm-hmm. Um. But even the the body looks weird, too. And with Hal Jordan, it's almost like how Hector Hammond has the engorged head. Hal Jordan has the engorged torso. He's got, like, this enormous upper body and then, you know, itty-bitty tiny little legs. (laughs) It's so strange because when they did the maquettes for the Justice League cartoon, it looked exactly like the character's... From the screen, yeah. But when they do the maquette for this, like this Hal, like the maquette Hal Jordan doesn't look like the animated Hal Jordan. It's so weird. Uh, the Saint Walker, though, that actually that one actually did look good. So I mean, that's like the one where it's like, oh, they got it right. Women of the DCU series four Aresia mini bust. Now I'm not sure if this is a misprint because this the base of this bust looks enormously like it's supposed to be part of the Blackest Night line because it's got the all the different lantern symbols around the bottom just like all the other ones and it's painted in green. So expect to say the, uh, pay the same price for this but I, I don't know if they're just trying to get more sales for one of the other series. So there's that. Um, anybody got an extra? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep it interrupting. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're supposed to be. I'm just used to going rapid fire with this. Yeah. Um. That the Aresia bust is really nice. I just, I can't get over how just ridiculous the cut of her costume is. I know it's the same in the comic, and I think it should be changed there too. But I feel like, I feel like they just overload some cheesecake and ruin an otherwise really good statue. I have no complaints. anybody got an extra $295 to spend (laughs) oh me (laughs) Green Lantern Howl versus Parallax this is a 12 inch tall 10 inch wide 
statue depicting Green Lantern going up against Parallax, the entity, as he's busting out of the central power battery. Basically the scene from War of the Green Lanterns, except in statue form. The problem with this is they are calling this line Classic Confrontations. (laughs) Does that scream classic to you? Because it sure as hell doesn't to me. (laughs) It'll be true eventually. It's a modern classic. (laughs) God. Can I tell you how I was so close to pre-ordering this thing? No. I... I talk. Oh. <laughs> I was going back and forth on this for a solid month. Like, like every day, I had a different opinion on it. Like, I, I, and and yeah, it's super pricey. But at the same time, DCBS knocked like a third of the it off, which is still like two hundred bucks. So I'm like, it's well, I'm never. I would never find it for a better deal than this. Oh my god! And I end up not going for it, which has turned out to be a great motivator for me making other stupid financial decisions because I can be like, well, you know, I, I chose not to spend 300 bucks on a statue, so, you know, I can afford to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way it always works. Yeah, it balances, right? Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, like, well, I chose not to spend $300 on this, so I can save this money also. <laughs> uh, <so> funny. <laughs> that's supposed to be funny. So, does anybody care about the GL Movie Masters waves anymore? Because I sure as hell kind of don't. <laughs> Are they still coming out? Wave five. <clears throat> oh, they... is, is this the wave with with uh, Billy's long sought after parallax? Oh God! <laughs> no. I I don't know because here's the problem with these solicits: one, no picture. Two, they don't tell you who's coming out, except, oh wait, they did tease one character. GL Movie Masters Wave 5 action figure, Moro. I have, yeah, I've been looking for pictures of this figure, and I, I can't find any. I saw them, I saw them all at uh, New York Comic Con. Oh, uh, how's Moro look? Moro, um, he looks pretty cool. Um, I think, uh,. <sighs> can't remember what what site you could go to to find pictures of it but morrow looks pretty cool um out of all of them he probably looks the best you have uh, hector hammond um which is oh god you know well i guess you've seen pictures of hector hammond <laughs> no i see i saw the movie and if they're um, gonna make a, a toy out of that movie uh, the hector hammond isn't that bad um and then there's the krona which is hysterical because the figure is, like, the exact same size as the figure from those two packs, the Walmart exclusives, mm. except he has a longer robe. So you're, play, that... you're paying for, like, this tiny little figure with a long, long robe. Oh, wait, I thought that came out already. Um, it I did. Have... They're just re-releasing it. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I have that. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, well, that, that never hit uh, retail. Well, it never hit mass retail. Oh, right. Um, and I also saw the uh, the final piece for Parallax that they're selling separately. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you talk about that for a minute? Oh, my God. I you know, <laughs> like, seriously, I have never seen a company do such a poor job with a Build-A-Figure. I mean, like, <laughs> honestly, like, they just took random pieces and shapes of plastic assembled them in, like, this weird conglomeration that looks nothing like Parallax from the movie. 
It doesn't look like Parallax from the comic book. It doesn't look like anything. When yeah, you... they just they just randomly put appendages in places. Like, yeah. Like he has a fear penis completely <laughs> by accident. He has two. He has two of those. Oh, he's gifted. <laughs> but uh Oh my god, and it's so ugly. And then to top it all off, if you collect all the figures in the set, you do not get a full parallax. You have to buy another piece, which is the head, to create <laughs> parallax. Um, oh, but that does come with a tiny little uh, emerald green Hal Jordan. But for it to eat? Yes, <laughs> yeah, for it to fight or whatever. Uh, but, like, I don't know who thought that this was a good idea, but, oh my god, it, it's, it's horrendous. Like, if they had a Build-A-Figure... I mean, granted, it also um, doesn't help that, you know, Parallax looked like ass in the movie. But if they had a Build-A-Figure that was actually cool-looking, like if they made Killawog the Build-A-Figure and made him really large, I mean, that would have been amazing. But, oh, God, it's horrible. To, to make people buy another figure, to pay another $16 just so you could get the final piece of the Build-A-Figure. That is... That's asinine. That's, that's such a horrible business practice. I can't even wrap my head around it. How many people besides Billy do you think are going to get it? <laughs> I, I thought he said he wasn't going to get it because of the fact that they're making you buy it separately. Oh, no. He wants to complete this monstrosity. <laughs> and he wants to have it forever. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be like <laughs> ten other people on the planet that want to complete their their build a figure, and everybody else will be like, "Yeah, you know what? This thing is literally a piece of crap. It looks like a piece of crap." And I mean, I'm not even like using that as like a, a euphemism. Like, it looks like a piece of crap. It's like they finished it and then melted it in the sun, and then froze it and <sighs> then melted it some more. Uh, God. Green Lantern, Green Lantern one-tenth scale model kit. This depicts Green Lantern Hal Jordan flying over a robot, pinning him to the ground with a green energy construct. This uh, handy little kit here is only $30. It does look so, pretty cool once it's finished. Uh, keep in mind that that was probably finished by someone who actually can paint. Oh, yeah. I, it would look <laughs> awful and just shameful if I did it, but... <laughs> I don't know, Jim, okay. you like customizing toys and stuff. Do you have any interest in the model kit? Not really. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I mean, eh, it's okay. I mean, Green Lantern... Oh, go ahead. If I was going to to buy it and uh, paint it, I would probably like make like a Red Lantern variation. Like, <laughs> hook his ring beam to his face so he can be vomiting at the robot? <laughs> that, that's a cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> Green Lantern Apparel. Okay, so there's a uh, a $19 knit cap beanie. This is the old style beanie with a little fuzzy ball on top. It's green all the way with black and white stripes on the rim and the words Green Lantern knit onto the top. Green Lantern extrude. Yeah, go ahead. Chad, Chad, does this beanie have a propeller? No, it does not. I am not interested. <laughs> a nice little green construct propeller. Yeah, it can be clear. Oh, clear yeah. green? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Green Lantern 
Green Lantern extruded logo black t-shirt. This shirt, in black as it states, features a massive GL symbol shadowed to look well extruded with a yellow background within the symbol. This sells between $16 and $19, depending on your size. Um, there's also a white shirt with jade flying towards you. This also sells between $19 and $22, depending on size. Um, Weird choice. <laughs> Uh, there's a green shirt with a light green circle and the Silver Age battery, like the old school way the battery used to look uh, in the first appearance uh, in the background. Um, there's another shirt. This is a black shirt with the Green Lantern symbol and like that alien Owen language we saw in the movie going on Matrix style behind the symbol. Oh, cool. Um, with all this... Uh, Shirts coming out, just keep your eye for brands like PX wearing graffiti designs, or just keep your eye on a site like uh, SuperheroStuff.com. So, oh, and then the the big part, the the huge part of the list. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Green Lantern accessories. There's a Green Lantern color spinning ring, a forty-five dollar stainless steel ring colored in all silver, GL logos included, except for the spinning band, which is a nice emerald green. Um, I'm not sure if this comes in various sizes, but I know another one of the rings. This is a GL uh, emblem ring with it's a completely stainless steel ring with a Green Lantern. Like the only color part of it is the center of the symbol, which is green. Also forty-five dollars, but sells in sizes between eight and twelve. It's because a problem. A lot of the problems we've been having with the Green Lantern rings recently is the fact that they do not have varying sizes. Um. Mixo DC Heroes Kooky Cans, a $10 metal can, reminiscent of the old-style thermos stuff that you found in tin lunchboxes, with uh, a caricature of Green Lantern. It's a odd but unique addition to any collection for a Green Lantern fan. Uh, and then listing them off, oh, there's a $6 Green Lantern koozie. There's a, uh, I think it's like a $15 or $20 uh, G Green Lantern apron. It's like that muscle... Uh, a costume print on the front of it. There's a couple of Green Lantern necklaces. There's pint glasses, um, one of which has, like, the Showcase 22 on the pint glass. Um, and then there's something called an, a th it's a $30 EFX wristband. I don't know what these are. I'm, they look kind of like the wristbands people wear to keep the balance thing. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. What? You know, have you seen those little rubber wristbands? Like, if you go into the mall or something, they'll have, like, a booth set up, uh, a little uh, oh. thing set up. Yeah, where they'll, like, try to tip you over, and then they put this wristband on you, and then you they try to tip you over again, and it, like, somehow centers your gravity or something. Yeah, and they're, they're some, some of them were like, oh, yeah, no, this it's rubber, and it has a hologram on it, so it it makes you feel better. Yes. And it helps your energy. And I should be arrested for selling this shit <laughs> to sick people. Oh, God. man. Yeah, I, I really hope we don't have any listeners that felt full for that. Come back, Jim. Come back. What? You're getting staticky again. I, I'm not doing... I, like, I'm literally not moving. Maybe you should be moving. Right. Walk in a Now you're better. All right. Yeah, I plugged my mic for a second. <laughs> Oh, now you're better. We can't hear you at all. That's it. Just unplug your microphone. You'll be fine. Indie pick. Yes, we're through with Green Lantern crap. 
Oh, except for the Best of GL DVD that released not too long ago. Um, that's got like a couple episodes from. Um, it's got that In Brightest Day episode from Superman the Animated Series. Uh, it's got the In Blackest Night two part episode from Justice League and a couple other things uh, here and there. That's already out in stores, so check that out. Does it have uh, the Green Lantern from uh, Doc Dodgers? I saw this in stores. Looked at it the other day. I do not remember seeing it on the back. No. Oh, that's a shame. So indie pick. From Boom Studios and Evil Inc. comes the story we've been talking about all episode, actually, if you've been listening carefully. Key of Z. This is a four-issue miniseries uh, by... Um, what's his name? I have it in front of me. I can look at it. Uh, Claudio, San- Claudio Sanchez from... Um, Coheed and oh, Cambria. There you go. Coheed and Cambria. Um, this basically zombie apocalypse happens in New York City and three stadiums, uh, Madison Square Garden, Yankee Stadium and some other place, um, are safe houses within the city. And one of them is run kind of uh, correctly and the other two are run by basically gangs. And these, all these three stadiums are fighting for control of the city. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of it all is this guy called Ewing who has this, and I know this sounds really corny, but it's not. Magic harmonica that does something we don't know what yet. <laughs> what, they, like what if, what if it was like he plays it and it sounds like a piano or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> he plays it and the zombies to them, all they hear is, Come and eat me! Please come and eat me! He's a Pied Piper of zombies. <laughs> now... Jim picked this up at the booth at New York Comic Con. Now he said he told me he hasn't read it yet, but from talking to the people at the booth, if you did, and looking through the art, what do you think? Oh, I like it. I love the art. It's fantastic art. I you you got me with the concept. I mean, it's a very very interesting concept. Uh, a very different take on zombie books. You know, it's like okay, zombie apocalypse has happened, and uh, you know. We're going to you know, deal with it in a different way with this story. So You hear that, Dan Kurtzke? I got Jim to read a zombie story before you ever got him to pick up an issue of Walking Dead. Have you still not read any Walking Dead? Uh, technically, I own... I don't want to hear technically. I own the first trade. Why don't you read it? I have no interest. Why did you <laughs> buy it? Because I went into the comic book store and I had to use my credit card and I felt bad about just buying one comic. Read it. You already <laughs> have it. Yeah, Come on. Maybe. Someday. Do it. Do it. I, you know, like, I don't <laughs> think I own anything that I have less interest in reading. You own some well, Red Lantern issues. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, I, I, wanted, I wanted to tote Key of Z not just because it's, it's a unique story and great art from a small, relatively small press, but this is a three ninety nine book, but there are no ads in this book, except for, like, the back the back cover page. Nice. So you're getting you're getting every bit of your story, your money's worth in this story. And it's only four issues, so check it out. That's Key of Z from Evil Inc. and Boom Studios. Yes, Boom mm. does good stuff. This is true. Um, have you ever read their Cthulhu Tales stuff? No, no, I haven't. It's, it's epic. They just came out with a Cthulhu Tales uh, omnibus, which is basically the size of a mini trade. So. Wow. Pretty cool. Um, Marvel pick. Okay, listen, ever since the Thor book blitz a few months back when the movie was coming out, I've pretty much given up on all things Marvel. Good thing, too, considering all the new books I'm getting from DC now. 
but I have been hearing good things about the Invincible Iron Man series from Matt Fraction. Invincible Iron Man number 511 brings one of Marvel's most iconic villains, the Mandarin, back to the forefront with his rings and a unique cast of characters to take down Tony Stark. I don't know crap about the Mandarin. I just saw something that looked like Tony Stark, somebody who looked like Tony Stark with long fingernails and long hair, wearing what looked like uh, power rings on each one of his fingers. <laughs> and being the Green Lantern fan I am, I figured I should read this. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm following this thing in trade, so I can't speak for any current story arc going on, but, but I started from the beginning with this thing, and I've just plowed right through it, and is a fantastic series. Like, it's one of those where, where like, you could literally read issue after issue of just characters in plain clothes talking to each other and come out of it th- thinking, this is the best comic I've ever read. It's like, this is one, like, I'm going to have on my shelf next to my Green Lantern stuff forever, because it is just so, so good. Have you guys uh, heard about what's going on over at Marvel? No, no. Oh, with, uh, do you mean the, like, what's going on today? You yes, mean? yes. Yeah, yeah, the layoffs? Like, tons of layoffs. Now, the only headline I saw was, like, at least 15, so I don't know how many actually happened. Yeah, like, uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they had a list of a bunch of names of people that got the axe. I mean... It was, like, editors and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, like, a lot of editors. So now, I mean... Like they, they're saying that like uh, people in lower positions are ha- going to have to do the work of people that were paid more without any increase in pay. So you're going to be working a lot harder for the same amount of money. Yeah, and they're they're calling they're blatantly calling it like a cost cutting measure. Yeah. So yeah, well because and this is all according to Bleeding Cool is that, that's that's where I'm getting my. <laughs> You know my uh, information from, but the uh, the guy that runs the company, he's looking at it as far as like he doesn't want Disney to have to get involved with anything. So mm-hmm. as long as they meet profits, then you know Disney's happy. It's like okay, well you met the goal, so we'll stay enough away. Well, they're having difficulty meeting the the current uh, forecasts. Yeah. So. So you heard him, folks. Buy Invincible Iron Man and keep Marvel in business. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they're not selling enough, so they have to save the money elsewhere, so now they're just firing people. Which is, yeah. I think, like, the, they're saying, like, the next, uh, the next stage to go would be the digital distribution and the, uh, their, their online website. Oh, jeez. I mean, can you imagine, like, <laughs> you know, your competitor is, like, just completely turned everything around. Put out, like, over... They they sold over a million comic books in, like, just a couple of weeks. And, like, they're doing absolute gangbusters. DC is doing amazing right now. And most of their comic books are selling at $2.99 apiece. And then you have Marvel across the way, who is just, like... Oh my god. You know, like, I want to like Marvel. I really do. Um, but I mean, like, you know, the, the prices are the biggest de- deterrent for me. And I don't really think that they're doing a lot to create the jumping points that I'm looking for. 
Yeah, and I mean, we we tend to rag on Marvel on the show, and you know, a lot of the times they deserve it, but only for the specific things we're ragging on them for. But like, I like I want to see Marvel be successful as much as I want to see DC be successful because they they do have a kind of symbiotic relationship in this, you know. So like, like seriously, like like <clears throat> like I don't like if you love your DC books, you know, look for a Marvel thing that catches your eye and give it a shot, you know. Like I love Green Lantern. I love all. I love like. I'm trying to figure out how to read less of the New Fifty Two to save money because I love too much of it. And at the same time, I'm trying to like. I, I'm taking the opportunity to try and jump on with you know Avengers, Avengers Academy, and Uncanny X Men, and I'm going to keep going with Invincible Iron Man in hardcover. Like they do good stuff. So, like I'm intrigued by the Scarlet Spider book that's going to be like written by Chris Yost. Like Jesus Christ, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm intrigued to find out who it will be. Well, speaking of things going all to hell, <laughs> honorable mentions. Jim, are you listening? Are you listening? Hey, okay. The Art of Howard Chaykin Hardcover. Uh... A nice $30 hardcover featuring our favorite comics creator. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. God, do you think Do you think collateral damage art is going to be in there? Do you? <laughs> you said its name. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's like a mid. It's like an ancient monster where if you say its name, you hold power over it. <laughs> I like some of the art in that book. Which book? The book that shall not be named. You like some of the art in there? Yes. Did you? Hey, can you do the thing again where you unplug your microphone and then just don't plug it back in? <laughs> that'll be that'll be great. Uh, at least mute it. My God, it's like a static wave. I'm thinking he actually did pick up this, that issue of Static Shock. <laughs> but I'm, no, yeah, I, I couldn't find that, actually. I'll give it to you. Do you want it? Just say <laughs> the word. You can have it forever. You know, I think based on Dan's anti-recommendation of Static, I should probably skip it. I'm putting it you in know your what? box. I'm putting it in you your box. What? You're getting a Super Show. <laughs> I was going to save this for later when we before we got to that... that uh, that listener's email, but to hell with you both, because I picked up OMAC number one and Wonder Woman number one today. Oh, yeah? I listened to you guys and picked up both of them. And? Yeah. I, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. Yeah? Regardless of whether I wanted to or not. So you're picking up Static Shock number one. Well, did you read it yet? Yes, I did. And what did you think of Wonder Woman? Here's what I thought of Wonder Woman. I'm still not into the character, but I was pleasantly surprised by what I read. So for me, it's a borrow just because of my non-interest in the character. But since that's so surprising for me, everybody else should count that as a buy. <laughs> awesome. What about and OMAC? O- OMAC was my favorite of the two. Nice. That was that was really good. I'm and I'm I'm now I'm, I wanted to go pick up I, I wanted to go pick up number two even though I picked up number one on the shelf in the store today and number two was right next to it. I just I th- I didn't know I was gonna like it, so yeah. I completely forgot to buy OMAC number two today. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, I did. I was able to find OMAC number one. I read that on the train ride back on Saturday, <laughs> um, and yeah, I I was I was very pleasantly surprised. I was one hundred percent expecting to not like it because like. Dan DiDio wrote it? <laughs> Co-wrote it. Keith Given helped him. Listen, a lot. I mean, like, from 
what he did on Outsiders that I had no interest in. And uh, and, and what he did with All-Star Western Blackest Night issue? <laughs> you know what? More so the Outsiders. <laughs> Definitely more so the Outsiders. Um, but And also, like, the concept of OMAC I've just never been into. But this was good. This was yeah. very good. See? You doubted me. By the way, call your girlfriend. She's worried about you. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. That was the best thing that character could have possibly said. It's awesome. <laughs> only, yeah. only two more things here. And just getting real serious for a second. Okay, we, we can go ahead and get it out of the way after I say it. The good girl art of Bruce Tim, Naughty and nice. Yay, boobies. Great. Bruce Tim, chicks, naked. Woohoo. But this is a, to be honest, stickly speaking, this is a celebration of Bruce Tim's art and the female form in one. And I, I highly doubt you're going to see Hot Girl, Super Supergirl, and Wonder Woman, all of them naked, because I highly doubt DC would give him permission to do that. So this is just Bruce Tim doing his thing the way he does it. This is uh, $50 for the soft cover, I believe, soft cover. Um, or the hard, no, it's the hardcover. And it's right now on Amazon, I looked a minute ago, it is $31.50. And artistically speaking, I'm sure we can all appreciate a book like this. And hell, it's Bruce Tim artwork. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you guys think about that, but. No, his artwork is really good. You know, it's, it's the kind of thing where when they originally switched from, uh, the, the first style of animation in the Batman animated series over to, to what would become the defining look for the DC animated universe. It was such a jarring change. I remember at the time thinking, what the hell is this? And a lot of people just hated it. But it's so <clears throat> it's so simplistic and minimalistic and expressive, and it allows for so much variation in figures and forms. It's just it's really easy to appreciate once you get used to looking at it. And and this is all you know females and yes there is nudity in there but I've seen some of the images from the book and it's not all like just exposed genitalia like or something like like this is you know like sly poses yeah there's a couple of things here and there obviously um, the, to earn it its tag and title but it's it's not all just boobs for the sake of boobs and that kind of thing so <laughs> Jim would page through and go where's all the close ups of crotches. <laughs> I, I'm looking at a couple of pictures from the book now, and it actually does look really pretty. And, last but not least, my pick of the week. <laughs> pick of the week. Right. <laughs> pick of the last four months. <laughs> now that you say it like that, I think I should switch it to the good girl art of Bruce Tim. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, 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 you've made and your make this And make this in my honorable mention, my second honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is even more funny because I've listened to the preview, most recent previews episode of uh, of CGS. <laughs> what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, The War by Stan Lee. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, I saw that. They, they had the preview for that at the con. Is he writing it? Yes. This could either be uh. absolute crap or epic. There's no, there's not a whole lot I can do to pimp this except to read you an excerpt from the solicit. Boring, I know, but it's the only way you're going to know what the hell I'm talking about. 
Two groups of superhuman soldiers have turned the Empire of Verona into the most powerful territory on Earth. The Montagues, powerful cyborgs made of artificial DNA, and the Capulets, <laughs> genetically enhanced humans known for their speed and agility, worked in tandem to destroy all threats to the city. With no one left to fight, they turn on each other. So sci-fi, futuristic, Romeo and Juliet stuff, basically... Uh, it's one of the most famous literary works of all time in a unique graphic novel form by one of the most important individuals in the comic industry. Regardless of whether what his track record has been recently, of course I'm going to check this out. Now, when I was a kid, if you <laughs> wanted to, to get out of reading Romeo and Juliet, you pretty much had to watch West Side Story. If I had to choose between that or reading a book about alien DNA cyborgs or something, I would probably err to the side of the cyborgs. So, so hopefully Stan Lee can help many a many a high school kid get through their English class. Jim? Oh uh, yeah, I passed out from boredom. What was that? <laughs> I thought you said you saw the solicited or displayed or something at NYCC. Yes, and I walked right past it. <laughs> This family chase you down. Hey, hey, you want to read my book? That's hey, my true believer! <laughs> so is that so, it? Yeah, that's, that's it for the Larfrey's Report this time around. Let's just go ahead and switch my last honorable mention with my pick of the week. So my pick of the week is now Good Girl Art of Bruce Tim. Oh, no. For the record. For the record. Yeah, that, that's that's a respectable decision. God. Hey, hey, hey. Larfley's report cannot be over yet. You know why? Uh, well, actually, it can't be over because there's something I just thought about. I was at uh, Walmart the other day, and I haven't seen anyone on the forum talking about this. But you remember that Green Lantern um, like six-pack they had in stores the other day, a while back? The action figure six-pack? Yes. There's another six-pack in stores of the, mm -hmm. uh, the Justice League... The Evil Justice League, I can't remember their name. Injustice League. Yeah, the Injustice League, and Power Ring is in that set. Huh. Or Injustice so that's, Society or something like that. No, it's in yeah, there. Yeah, they're, so that is already in stores for this, I think, the same price that that Green Lantern set started out at, like about 70 bucks, something like that. <laughs> oh, Crime Syndicate, that was it. There yeah, you go, yeah, yeah. that's it. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. I've, never, I've never seen a Power Ring figure, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. DC Direct made one. I have it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, this is still completely not what I was talking about. Oh, well then go ahead. And frankly, I'm ashamed in both of you for not bringing it up. I'm about because, to fall asleep, so I don't know. Because, uh, guess what, guys? The Noble Collection finally put their money where their mouth is. Oh, mouths. What? What? <laughs> uh, you haven't seen the, the new ring they have out? I might have. I'm sending. I'm putting a thing into the thing ch chat. A chat <laughs> into the chat. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up and click that. Oh, this is, this is This is a sterling silver ring, sizes eight to twelve, which means I'm going to calculate how much weight I have to lose for this to fit on my finger. Yeah, <laughs> fat fingers. Yes, it is. <laughs> Is a hundred and forty-five dollars, which is slightly pricey, but this thing looks perfect. Like this is, 
<laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this is a positive. This is the best movie ring we've seen since the Toys R Us keychain. <laughs> Uh, like, like it's it's different from that one picture that was floating around online for months, where it was like kind of extended at the front, and people say it kind of looked like it was like, like a like a women's ring or whatever. Um, it's got like it's the band is really nice, highly detailed. The the face of the ring looks just like the movie, and like the jewel in the middle, it's it it looks real. I can't. I can't think of how to describe this thing somebody else talk um <clears throat> shininess green silver god you suck when you're tired <laughs> chad what do you think of this i already have the ring that came with the very first figure that uh, toys r us released related to the movie and i think that's the epitome of the green lantern rings that we're gonna get really yep are you looking at this picture yep i don't like it really what don't yep. you like about it um, I think that the ring that I saw in the movie looks a lot more like the ring that I actually have, rather than this one looks looks kind of more narrow huh. and less clunky. You know, uh, yeah, like what Chad says, um, the, the thing about the Toys R Us ring, um, and also the ring that came with uh, Unmasked Hal, the figure, with uh, bzzzed, um the way that they put the, the way that they sculpted the metal on that one, with uh, in conjunction with the plastic uh, green piece on top, it's like cut at angles, so that when you look at it, it like simulates that, you know, rippling energy effect, you know, un, you know, just underneath the surface of the green that we saw in the movies, um, and that's like freaking brilliant, and. That's the only way you're going to get that effect by making the ring that way. And every other ring that we've seen, nobody else is doing it that way. So you have a ring like this. I mean, it looks very nice. It's very shiny. You know, it has its beautiful green stone and everything like that. It's made out of sterling silver. It's very nice. But they don't go above and beyond and create that that same kind of pattern so that it has that, you know, refracting look to it. So, I don't know, I think that's what Chad might be getting at, but it, it loses something with that. Well, not, yeah, the refracted, the refracted light was, was going to be my second point, but my, my point is, is if you were to lay this flat and look at it from above, this thing looks like it would be more teardrop-shaped, whereas the one you got from, uh, or closer to teardrop-shaped, and the one you got from Toys R Us is more clunky and kind of straight-lined, so if you were looking down at it from on top, it wouldn't slope down. It's just the Green Lantern symbol and then straight down into the ring. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. What about the... And, that, and, and the one we saw in the movie was clunky, not sloping like this. <laughs> oh, anything's going to be... You make a ring big... Like, you make a Green Lantern ring big enough, it's clunky. It doesn't matter what shape it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the size 8 that they're showing the picture of. Maybe if you get the 12, it'll look more clunky. Yeah. I mean, I think this thing looks great. You know, I I think it is... It's an awesome-looking ring. It's got the durability factor going for it, because this thing is, like, sterling silver. And, like, honestly, the only thing that would keep me from getting it is the price point. Yeah. And I need to lose weight. <laughs> hey! 
<laughs> but you didn't spend money on $295 on that statue, so you that can justify is, spending this money on this ring. That is a great thing to tell. I'm adding one to my cart right now. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> what you call it? Uh, you know, like, looking at the other things that they have, um, you could get a power battery for $145. Eh, power battery. Um, and it so lights much. up. Ooh. You, you know, you really have to wonder, like, why would somebody <laughs> pick the DC Direct version over this one, yeah. you know? Um, and then they also have the Green Lantern prop ring, which looks very similar to the light-up ring, <clears throat> except that it's enclosed, so... Hey, there's the spinning ring I was talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> except yeah. that sil- the Green Lantern symbols are supposed to be silver, and that spinning band they're on is supposed to be like an emerald green. I know, I'm kind of kind of gun-shy on rings that we know for an, we, that we don't know for an absolute fact can stand up to being worn yeah. after uh I think was it it was it was Earth G Billy, right? Who did Jeff. No, no. It was Jeff, that's right, that's right. Who did the, I knew I knew one of our toy people did a dissection of a couple rings on the forum. Yeah, he didn't want to do the dissection. It just kind of started coming undone. It just kind of started taking itself apart. Yeah, I I'll definitely be waiting until he gets his before I even consider, you know, getting any of these props or, you know, items or whatever. All right. So, there we are. Okay. Email? Oh, God. There's only one. Just goes on and on forever. Man. We Jim hates this guy. We've been recording for, like, seven hours now. It's Two and a half. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you see John on the forum? Talking about our last episode, being like, I can't believe it's like two, two hours and forty minutes when like we recorded for three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan, I'm out of breath. Will you read that up that email? I just post, I posted it earlier. <laughs> All you had to do is scroll up. I see it. Let's see. Okay. Uh, did you write down who this is from? Yeah, it's at the bottom there. All right, this is from Scott Pike. Uh, let's see. Okay, titled Green Lantern: The New Fifty Two DC Universe. Uh, He says, I've heard and from what I've seen, Green Lantern is not doing a relaunch with the other titles except in the issue number. So how does that work? If their history remains the same, but everyone else is starting from square one, how does all the history of Green Lantern, especially the stuff that requires other heroes to already exist, like Blackest Night, Sinestro War, and other events in Green Lantern history, happen? Uh, you can't have him starting out in one book and be an old friend in Green Lantern. You know, are, are the Green Lantern books part of their own universe now, or what? And that's all he says. So, Chad, what do you think? What do you What do you say to this? Um, I, I don't. I, it's definitely not its own universe. I know that for a fact. <laughs> There's no way that's it, that it's its own universe. Green Lantern is one of DC's top-selling characters. Uh, that's part of the reason it's not being relaunched is because Batman and Green Lantern have been DC's top titles for a while now, and if you if the main point of your relaunch is to get customers and consumers interested in your titles, why would you reboot relaunch something that's already proven itself to be working? Yeah, and from a like part of the question is you know if some characters are being started over from square one and you know, how could they still have the history they have with Hal Jordan, say? 
even though that history couldn't have happened on their end kind of thing. Uh, from what I'm, from what I've seen, and unless I'm, unless I'm, uh, not thinking of somebody, I don't think, I think all the characters that they're giving, like, fresh starts to are, like, like, Blue Beetle, Firestorm, um, some members of the Birds of Prey, maybe. Like, I, I don't think it's really anybody that hugely tied to Green Lantern history. Like, I'm not... I haven't read any Green Arrow. I know Ollie's supposed to be younger, but so is everybody, so maybe it's proportional. Like, I don't know if um, <clears throat> if any of their past team-ups couldn't have taken place now or anything like that. But, uh... No, I yeah, think... Yeah, go ahead. So, no, you go ahead, you go ahead. And keep in mind what I said earlier about that creator from... I really need to remember his name. That creator from Flash, he got a list from DC Editorial of of events that have, in fact, happened in the new DC timeline. Yeah. So there, there, there is previous continuity. It's just a matter of, yes, it exists, but the problem is we don't know what actually happened. I'm going to go ahead and assume, with GL at least, considering... Uh, Jeff Johns and Jim Lee are the architects behind this for the most part. Pretty much anything Jeff Johns wrote Green Lantern related is probably still in continuity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, there's there's also, like, a very understandable degree here of, of uh, okay, they probably have, like, the overall idea, and they're going to see how it plays out as they go. You know, like, <clears throat> like, we got our first hint right now, like, it, it, through New York Comic Con, we even talked about it here that okay, Kyle Rayner has been the torchbearer or Green Lantern general or whatever you take it to mean for two years. So we're already starting to see like okay, how does the timeline divide up, kind of thing. And you know, there's also the big question of like okay, did Crisis on Infinite Earths still happen? And that's something that. They're, they kind of answered, but kind of didn't, and that's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're going to have to see how things go, I think, because I don't know that they know, you know? Yeah. And, I don't know, it's... it's I think the the mantra and theme to the whole relaunch is, you know, let's let's just roll with it, see what they do. <laughs> you know? Uh, Jim? Yeah. Want to chime in? Oh, um... We still appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, right now they just started up the universe, so it's going to obviously be a while before they explain everything having to do with it. Yeah, okay, there's going to be certain things in the past that now can't take place. Um, so those stories are out. Skip over those. <laughs> I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe those stories happen with a different character instead. You know, that's how they want to go about writing it. But I think right now, their their focus is more so on the new stories as opposed to how they fit in with the old ones. You know, they're saying it's like, you know, oh, well, we didn't do anything to the continuity. Like, okay, well, right now we can't see anything that's happened that would affect it. Um, you know, and uh, maybe they did keep the same continuity, but... Uh, you know, their, since their focus is the stories, and, you know, writing new stories and having more options, you know, if it if it's going to suit them to get rid of the continuity, they may throw that, you know, right out to fit the new stories. I, it's it's very much a wait and see right now. There's no way that anybody, you know, could 
could really know right off the bat unless you're making the decisions at DC. Yeah, like, I don't know if Guy Gardner has been with the Justice League International before. I don't know how old Aresia is supposed to be right now. I don't know how long anybody has been a Green Lantern other than Kyle, apparently, and maybe not. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know... But I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind just going along for the ride, you know. It's I had, I had a lot of fun reading the September books. Some of them were terrible, <laughs> but for the most part, it was like it was enjoyable. And like I got stuff like, like Batgirl, where you know, you can read it, take in the new stuff, and all at the same time get a good, good feeling of okay, they're keeping the old, and that's kind of. <clears throat> kind of the same impression I got from the Lantern books, too. Even if they are changing some things like Atrocitus's insides. <laughs> and and keep in mind, I mean, that's only going to be to a point, though. And I, I'm pretty sure DC is going to realize that they'll we'll be satisfied with these new stories and new universe for up until a point. And then we're just going to want to know, once and for all, just tell us what the hell is still in continuity and what isn't. Yeah. So you're gonna get an answer. There's no way that they don't know that they're gonna that they need to give us an answer. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, and I mean, realistically, the beginning of all of this is not the place to really do that because you you kind of take away the uh, <clears throat> the, the you kind of you take the wind out of the sails of your your super accessible launch if you just give people an info dump about decades of stories that they haven't read or don't know about if they haven't read comics. I think, like, the first several months or the first story arc or two or whatever, it's going to be more about, okay, I want the people who love Batman and just want to read Batman to have a kick-ass Batman book to read. So that's what we're going to do. And the the rest will fill itself in as we go when the time comes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the email, Scott. Yes. Can we close this episode out? All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott, I'm tired. <laughs> and I have to keep <laughs> muting my microphone. <laughs> yeah. It forces you to stay awake and pay attention. I know, it's horrible. Other people are talking that aren't me? No! (laughs) I'm going to mute this. You guys close it out. All right. Chad, you want to do the honors? No, I I talked a lot for the Lark Leaves Report. You go ahead. That's true. All right, so if you want to contact us like Scott did, you can write us at uh, lanterncast at gmail.com or or, uh, individually at Dan, Chad, Jim, James, Jason, I'll say tentatively Lauren, at lanterncast.com. <laughs> um, you can go to our, our website, lanterncast.com. You can go to the forums at thecomicforums.com. Scroll down to L for Lanterncast. Uh, Jim is probably asleep already. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes. We post stuff there. We have, like, two Twitter accounts that I'm assuming... One of them is active. <laughs> um, and... Voicemail? Voicemail, which is 708-Lantern, right? Is that it? Uh, sounds about right. Seven, yeah, sure. Type that. That'll, that'll work. Dial that. And, you know, I think I think that's it. Well, this... Wait, when is this going out? Is this going out next week? Yeah, sure. 
Yeah, so if you're if this goes out next week, uh, coming up this weekend, this Saturday is the Wild Pig Convention in New Jersey. I'll we'll put information on that in the talkback thread. If you're gonna be out there, you know, I'm probably gonna be out there too. So you know, we'll hang out. Jim's gonna miss it because he's lame. I am going to miss it because I have a baptism to go to. Well, just go to the go to the kids' third baptism or something. They have those all the time. I just think it's funny that you said uh, we're going to put information in the show notes because every episode you've ever said that in, you've totally forgotten to put some the same information in the show notes that you promised. Ah, eh, forum thread then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't put any information in the show notes. I, I barely give a description of what's in it based on what I can remember from a week prior. Sometimes hey, you don't at all. <laughs> Yeah, hey, this is your own. This is your own fault for having me as a co-host and historian. I know what you follow through on and don't follow through on. <laughs> yeah, you do it, damn it. <laughs> really. Uh, anyway, good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Have fun with this one, James. We just keep giving him three-hour episodes. <laughs> He's probably going to be up late anyways, adjusting to the uh, time the timeline over there. So He's been there for like a week or two now. I think he's probably he adjusted. No, he's Parallel not. timelines are weird, Jim. James comes from a land down under... I want to hear his Irish attempt at a <laughs> Australian accent. It'll be his normal voice, except he'll talk about kangaroos and boomerangs. <laughs> uh, It'll sound Jamaican, just watch. You'll never catch me, Lucky Charms, mate! <laughs> Please tell me you're still recording, Dan. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> Who needs drunk Jim? Who who needs drunk Jim? We've got uh, tired Jim. It's basically just as good. Uh, I got my Indiana Jones bag. Uh, yeah, it looks terrible. I love it. You're like messenger bag. I wish I could wear only messenger bags, like fifty of them, and make a suit out of them. <laughs> and have a second <laughs> suit made out of skin. What? <laughs> what just happened to us? You always, you always jump to the skin suit way too easily. <laughs> Listen, if there's a slight breeze outside, I'm strapping on a skin suit. It's like, could you make me a sandwich? What kind and of skin? a skin suit? <laughs> what kind of skin? Human. The oh. best kind. I thought we were, like, talking baby seal or something. Listen. No, that would be cruel. <laughs> then that's just messed up. <laughs> Stop clubbing baby seals. Don't let them go out at night. Aww. Uh... Have you guys picked up the Batman Year One DVD yet?
No, Wait, I heard some amazing. Did you just say Batman Yorin? No, I said year one. Let's, oh. This is the man in a take. skin suit. <laughs> Batman. Have you guys picked up Batman Yorin? <laughs> selling like all the, little jars. Oh, like all the time. <laughs> I, I was out getting my, my bottle of children's tears when I saw it. Yeah, it was great. Oh. You know what's funny? It gives you a sneak peek of Green Lantern Emerald Knights DVD, and it tells you oh. the release date. Interesting. <laughs> like, like, you know you know when they do the DC animated movie sneak peeks, they show you, like, the sketchboard, storyboard stuff for it? Yeah. That, that's that's the preview for Green Lantern Emerald Knights. Like, it's on the way or something. Huh. <laughs> this is a little teaser. You know, see what we have in store for you in the past. <laughs>